I can't tag Emily in photos. It's nope. episode 168 of Hotline League. Mark just, Zimmerman just trying use to tag at League of Emily. I, I, you can't I, tag me in photos. I did now. try to tag yeah. Emily in a photo earlier, and I also yeah. struggled. And uh, and now it's become such an issue that we're discussing it at the. I'm not opening DMs. I'm not. I'm not allowing people to tag me in photos. Yeah, no one. I don't. Sorry. I would never recommend. Yeah, opening not pushing <laughs> for it. Just just remarking when I was trying to. Anyway, uh, is we got a spicy episode for you every week, and yet this one is. <laughs> What? Uh, I just read Mark's tweet. That's all. Anyway, it's a spicy episode because we just had what many are saying all over the world, the greatest LCS finals of our generation. Uh, So not even just in the past, but like every LCS finals for our generation will be bad after this one. So you've seen the peak uh, and it was this past week. Get out now. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, What? I was Mark? gonna say it was a, it was a great weekend, a uh, good twenty four hours. You know, there's there's people on the front page being like, I just watched League for fifteen straight hours uh, yeah. because the <laughs> LPL series was also a full five games, and then you had it was a banger, yeah. It was a yeah. re- actually it was a really really good series, the EDG FBX one. I'd recommend if you're gonna like thus far go back and watch any of the matches from LPL, uh, I would watch that one above all others. Well, we're gonna talk about all that and much more, but first I want to shout out our sponsors. Uh, game feel alienware and this week grubhub as well thank you to grubhub uh, for joining us for the lcs finals coverage uh, and i want to shout out riot because it's been <clears throat> i think two months has it been it's got to have been two months maybe a little bit over maybe a little bit over two months since they commented on the import rule stuff or refused actually to comment on the import rule stuff so hopefully we get an answer one of these days um by the way Worth noting, they usually do a press conference around this time. No press conference, no media, nobody asking Commissioner Greeley anything. He didn't do any interviews, didn't come on any shows. They're terrified of me, is what I'm getting at. Anyway, uh, let's actually talk about how, well, first off, let me go ahead and introduce my constant co-host. He was he started the show talking before me. How's it going, Mark Zimmerman? It's going great. Anything else? How's your week uh, been? It was good. Um, Could you talk about your week without talking about finals weekend? Right. So uh, Ashley and I dog sat her coworker's dog um, for an afternoon. And it was really fun. And we went and had a picnic at like a park. Uh, So that was really cool. That was on Saturday. And then the watch the TSM final or TSM match when I came back. Uh, I also started playing Final Fantasy 15 again on PS4. You streamed some of it. Or no, you were... Not 15. You, you stream Tactics, right? Oh, yeah. I was streaming something else. No, Final Fantasy 15, I actually start playing again, too. Interesting. I like uh, it. And our guest this I... week is Emily Rand. Emily, what were you going to say to Mark just now? I was going to say that I have a soft spot in my heart for Final Fantasy 15 because the first, like, the longest, like, the biggest portion of it is so much fun. Like, it's some of the most fun I've ever had in a Final Fantasy game. But it has many, 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 many narrative flaws and yeah. gameplay flaws that you have to get over. Uh, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for for that game specifically because of the like road trip part of it is like so fun. Yeah, I think uh, like you said, there's a lot of problems with it, but it was very ambitious, and I felt like while it ultimately fell short 
in a lot of ways to be like a, a cohesive game. They actually did hit the elements that they were aiming for, which is like that sense of camaraderie, that road yeah. trip feeling that you're talking about. Like, I mean, it's all guys, so it's a little bit unfortunate, you know, in the modern day that like it doesn't have any other representation, but it is that feeling of like you and the boys out on the road, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, it's really fun. It is really cool. I, uh, I tried to get into Final Fantasy 15 and just couldn't. And then after I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, I wanted to go, I wanted more Final Fantasy. And so I thought maybe I'd go back and play Final Fantasy 15, but then just like everything I heard about Final Fantasy VII Remake is they're like, wow, this is what they should have done with Final Fantasy 15. And this is like, they actually made the battle systems and everything really good for yeah. the remake and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go play like a worse version of this. So I think the battle system is the big thing that 15, <laughs> I hate their battle system. And they take all of the things that you kind of assume that they wanted to be able to do with that battle system and improve it and make it like really awesome for remake. Like remake battle system is so fun. I cannot understand how fun it is to play battles in that game. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Emily, how have you been? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've been watching a lot of League of Legends because LPL playoffs, for those that don't know, it was double elimination bracket, and so it was every single day last week. Um, it's been really interesting. The main story, if people haven't been paying attention, is that FPX are on the rise again. Um, Tian is back in the starting lineup uh, because they've had a bunch of issues with swapping around their junglers. Tian had mental health issues and uh, I believe a wrist injury, but an actual injury to his hand or his wrist, I forget. Um, and then they had Bo, who was uh, involved in a match fixing thing that wasn't, like it's one of those things where you read into it and it's not necessarily his fault as a player, but he did end up doing it so they had to bench him um and then yeah so they've gone through like a whole bunch of jungle swaps and now tian is back and they're looking really good and it's a very it's just a very cool redemption narrative for tian uh individually so uh he's been playing really well they've been playing really well the edg series was great i expect to see edg in the finals but i believe they play rng tonight so well thank you for catching us up on on lpl stuff hey, yeah. you've been you have been watching a lot one of the questions I was going to have for both of you guys is like how exhausted slash how much did your feet hurt after yesterday? Cause I, I mean, I assume you were sitting down uh, during the games, but like just sort of seeing you guys stand for so much of yesterday. Uh, I don't know. And, and being there for so long, much longer than I'm sure most people thought it would be. I'm kind of curious how fatigued both of you are. I mean, I was sore today when I woke up a little bit in my, my feet, just because I haven't like stood for an extended period of time. In yeah, so <laughs> quarantine atrophy. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, our countdown was actually like an hour, fifteen, hour and a half, or something like that, because mm -hmm. we had an hour built ahead of time when we went live, and then we extended for the LEC series. So I was I, my legs hurt when I got home, but like during the show, it wasn't bothering me at all. Yeah. Yeah. The I wasn't super tired until I got home yesterday, and then I was like. I'm going to crash. There's no LPL series. It's fine. I can sleep. And so I just like zonked out. Yeah. Did my feet hurt? I feel like people saw the heels and just kind of assumed that my feet would hurt. But what you don't know is that I'm a distance runner. So my feet are dead inside. Like, I feel like I could <laughs> poke it with a pin. Like, like my feet are so calloused. 
I've stepped on stuff before and not felt it. Um, which is disgusting and probably something that people didn't want to know. And not very healthy, why, I would say. But also. you're wondering Dangerous. why my feet didn't hurt. That's why. Yeah. Boy. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about this weekend before we get into calls. So, well, one, is there anything that happened this past week besides all the finals that we need to, that we might take calls on or that we need to talk about or anything like that? Or is it really all just final stuff? I think, uh, it, I think it was just this past weekend, right? No other announcements. Twitch, yeah. chat, Twitch chat will will fill me in. Oh, MVP. Blabber mm. getting MVP. That's a very good call out. I appreciate that. Uh, still kind of like a finals topic, but yeah, we can definitely yeah. talk about that. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions about Alfari, though. I don't know. The Santorin stuff, which again is still somewhat tied to finals. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I think that's mostly it. So... Uh, we Everything can... is finals adjacent. Yes, yes, exactly. So then let's talk about the finals weekend. <laughs> the Empire's like Proving Grounds hype. Oh, no. yeah. Actually, no, he's right, though. <laughs> Proving Grounds has actually been awesome to watch. That's a good, that's a really good call out. It's been so fun. Do you want to give the, the same spiel that you gave uh, for LPL? What's, what's been going on in Proving Grounds, Emily? Um, I mean, it's been, uh, I think the big surprise for everyone because I admittedly, uh, so Empire can <clears throat> back me up on this because he'll know more than me. Um, the big surprise for most people, I think, is that, uh, TLA, who did really, really well in, um, in Academy, uh, got eliminated. So they lost and then they lost again because it's a, this giant double elimination bracket. Um, I think the other big story for me, because of cause some stuff surrounding it, has been um, Golden Guardians Academy, who go up against Zeus this week. Uh, because of some extenuating circumstances, uh, I feel like people were, you know, kind of doubting them, and they've come in and they've performed really, really well, so I'm, I'm rooting for them. It's too bad they go up against Zeus because I'm also rooting for Zeus, which is basically like Alarm and, and Friends. If you listen to him talk about the team, like whenever he does an interview, he always like tries to hype his uh, hype his other players up on the roster to try to find them teams or try to find them sponsorships. So that's been another really fun story to watch. Um, both ED, both Evil Geniuses teams have done really well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just it's been a really really fun bracket. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I will admit it has been – I have not watched too much of it, but following the storylines out of it and sort of the who's doing well and who isn't and all that stuff I think has been more intriguing than I had initially expected. So uh, that's cool at least. I don't know, Mark, is there have, – have you been following it much or have you just been preparing for finals? I've uh, I've had it on the background almost every day on my TV um, when I remember. Sometimes some days I just forget or I'm doing something else. But uh, on my days off, I'll, I'll usually throw it on, and I've been following it somewhat closely. Like I don't know the storylines of the players uh, for like the players I don't know or that right. um, I haven't followed as closely. But you know they 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 do a good job. The cast is pretty good, and you, you can usually figure out what's going on pretty quickly. And you have like the seating, so you can at least get an idea of who you're expecting to win. And uh, it's just cool. And I think. Uh, the players, you know, like, I mean, it's obviously an amateur tournament, but I think people are playing aggressively and stuff. So the games have been fun to watch as well. Um, so I, I, it was, it's, a, it's really good to watch. Nice. Well, then let's talk about finals. So first off, how was it for both of you guys to be not in your homes 
uh, talking about League of Legends and actually somewhere and seeing stuff. I mean, I'm Emily, Mark was just talking about how was it for you? It was amazing. Um, it was so, so fun, actually. Um, I was really surprised when I got the call for finals uh, and really flattered. And hopefully I was able to uh, help put on a good show. But it was so fun to be on site and not on this couch, uh, which I, is where I have been for every other show we've done. Um, they were really strict about protocols too, which was good if anyone was wondering. Um, we, they, you know, kept everyone really separate. Everyone was masked up. You couldn't have more than a certain amount of people in a room. You had to go through temperature checks. Um, you had to, we all had to get COVID tests within a certain amount of hours. So if anyone was wondering how safe it was, I felt like it was as safe as it could be. They were pretty strict about it. So, um, yeah, and then the only other thing that kind of surprised me was how lo loud the drone camera was. And yes. I kept wondering if people could hear it because, like, before, I think it was our first AD segment, Mark turns to me and he's like, what the f is that noise? Is someone, like, blowing with, like, a weed whacker or something? And I was like, oh, I think it's the drone camera because Dash had warned me that the, the camera was really loud, but I hadn't heard it yet. And it seriously sounded like they were doing yard work like right next to us and so yeah. once you like tuned it out it was fine but like uh like mark was saying this off camera but when the camera would swoop down to get like the trophy shot or like follow the players up the thing it was so loud and you could still hear it very easily through uh over our ifbs so so uh, i did not hear it fun. at all okay, but i will good. but i will say uh uh, somebody says I think that audio went on stream at one point in time. So maybe maybe I I was out of the room or maybe I was watching a co-stream or something. But um, <clears throat> I it was funny because uh, I I have a drone and uh, Bird and I have not used it to its potential over the years for for stuff we've wanted to capture. But most I had imagined whenever I saw these drone shots. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, drones are kind of small now and pretty mm -hmm. like they they make a lot of noise. But they you know you have like these small cameras on them. I'm friends with uh, somebody who works on this on the show, and on, I think on the features team specifically, and on Instagram. And what I saw was they have a giant camera anchored at the bot on just like this, like yeah, it's huge. Like they're using like a regular size cam or video camera on it. It's not like one of these little dinky ones that you get with like the it's yeah. Yeah, it's more like a helicopter than a drone. Yeah, it looks like yes. a miniature they helicopter. Had, they, they even had like a little helipad thing landing, where they were landing <laughs> yeah. it, like right next to the snacks uh, bar. <laughs> that was very fun. By the way, Emily, Kelsey's accusing you of being a vampire, I think, because of the way that you're holding your your sweater, uh, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah, it's because I got cold. Is it? Does it look like a cape or something? It's yeah, it's good. I, I can like put it, it on normally. I don't know. No, I do. I am not complaining. <laughs> I just love that Kelsey was was calling it out. She's here to Is look on. Is it also because I'm very pale? She's no. She's she's on. She's here to look on in jealousy of the the League Weekly crew uh, without her. Oh uh, yeah. We should uh, Kelsey call in so we can have a full League Weekly. Uh, the full League Weekly crew for asked. those that, for those that don't recall the the Yahoo Esports show. Um, all right, so it sounds like it was cool, Mark. I, I don't know if you want to throw anything in there about your experience. No, I mean the only thing uh, was like the the jean look. I got a lot of people commenting on on the the Canadian tuxedo a little bit. Um, 
but I, I brought a suit to wear and then uh you know we were doing rehearsal I, I initially thought we we're gonna be on stage like the first day and i was like i see it will look good there and then we were like put on top of the the lights and the monitors and like all that the stuff and yes I was like, the victory uh yeah i was like yeah. i can't realistically wear a suit and look normal in this situation so <laughs> fortunately i had brought a suitcase with me with a couple different outfits so i could try and match the other people who were there uh and that's when i was like okay yeah i'm wearing like my more casual outfit and i think it was uh, the right choice for for how those shots looked and stuff yeah i think it would have been weird if you'd worn a suit because you would have looked like way more dressed up than the other three of us that too, yeah. it would have been kind of awkward yeah well uh okay so it sounds like you guys had a good time maybe we can talk a little bit about the show i mean it's interesting for you guys because you were there uh i'll i'll give my spiel i guess which is I have I have a really tough time in this moment because I have wildly mixed feelings on on LCS finals. Um, so setting aside the games, which were amazing, and I'm sure we can talk about that in a little bit, and we'll key that up as like the biggest thing before we get into calls. Uh, man, it's there were it, it, there's a lot of great and a lot of not so great. I feel like about how the show went down. So one, I was super excited to see it returned to like a a real venue not see the pro players sitting in the, t the training facilities or their homes not see the analyst desk with like you guys at your your places as lovely as they are um and like, like there are a lot of moments like the hype video was amazing as they're like showing the arena that's going to be in and any of like the the big shots of the stands and the stage and all that stuff the players walking in and there were just, in my opinion, so many misses. Like, I think part of it is you guys were on, well, they had everybody standing on the ground uh, on stage <laughs> on the first day. And that I think besides the sun being like a huge lighting issue, like when you think about concerts, you see people walking around, like you imagine people walking around all the big lights, it's nighttime. You get huge shots of the crowd. It just didn't translate. I think well, uh, you know, people kind of saying like, it looks like a warehouse. Um, and then afterwards they put you guys up on the, the podium, I guess is what I'll call it. And, uh, that I think was a little weird for, to have for so for the entire show. Um, and, uh, and by the way, there's an amazing, there's, it was so funny because at the end of the show yesterday, when cloud nine won, you guys are standing on the podium and there's like confetti on all the LEDs, you mm -hmm. know, behind you. And it's like LCS Victor's Cloud9. And it looks like a Victor's podium. So it looked like the four of you had were Cloud9, the LCS Victor's. Standing I won. On the the, I won yeah. my first championship. I was it, like fake poking it at one point. It, yeah. I don't think that made it on the thing, but I was like doing this. It was just, it was so funny. I'm like, this is odd. Like this, this is, it looks like this is what you would build to pit the, the players on. Um, so that was weird. And then just like hearing a lot of the stories about the players having a really tough time with the setup that they were on, um, I think is like really weird. And it's really tough for anybody like me who's been around since like the first time Riot did an outdoor event, which was uh, season two finals and all the weird issues that came out from that with the sun and, and all that stuff. So uh, I don't know. It's just like I. It's it's crazy because I want to give like 
I'm really happy, and I'm sure everyone was really happy to be able to be back in live in person, and it was so great to see that stuff again. I even think like having it in an arena felt really cool, um, or at least like in a, a stage venue, I guess is maybe what we should call it. Um, but, oh man, I just felt like the execution was not great. Um, and I think that's kind of where a lot of people are at. So I don't know. I mean, I, I know a, you guys were there, so maybe it's tough, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I have a question first, just because like I haven't, um, so for, for anyone that wanted to know today, I like answered emails and did work that way, but like, I haven't looked at Reddit. I haven't really been on Twitter. Um, I played some Final Fantasy. Like I just kind of wanted like a chill day to do nothing kind of today so i haven't checked like what i haven't even watched the press conferences yet actually what were the issues that the players were bringing up uh i'm just curious outside of the lighting because obviously the lighting was like a major issue uh natural lighting for yeah. both the analyst desk and i know the yesterday we had the whole glare thing where they had to like climb up over the truss and like put some sort of thing in front of it to make sure as the setting sun was going down it wasn't like hitting the players yeah, so I think part of it, there's been a couple of things, um, and I don't know if anyone has spoken extensively about it. I know Perks did like an Instagram story I haven't had a chance to see yet, but Zven talked about it a little bit in the press conference yesterday. Um, the light, the lighting issue was a pretty big problem. Uh, I guess it would, the podium that they built, or the, uh, it's not a podium, the stage that they had built for the, the players to be on would shake a lot. Um Ooh. Okay. And at least, I mean, that's what they said at least. And then um, there was, oh, and then it, when it, the temperature dropped last night and the games went on really late, you know, that's not like a heated place. And so I guess they were using like hand warmers a ton, like mm. even during the game or whatever. Uh, I think they, was a joke they made, I think was like hand warmer on, on uh, cool down. So I, uh, I, I think, yeah, that was some of the, the issues they were having. They did not seem happy okay. with it. And, um, and I think even Jat was making, made sort of a, a joke or kind of passive aggressive jab about the situation. So I don't know. I will say, I will back up the cold thing. I mean, I'm probably the worst person to ask cause I'm always cold. I was cold in the green room too. Um, and I'm cold everywhere, but, uh, especially towards the end of the night, like it was really warm up there because the sun was reflecting specifically off of the Team Liquid logo because there's a lot of white in it into the stage. Uh, so there is like not an immense amount of glare from it, but it actually like, kept us warm, uh, yeah. especially especially on like me and Mark's side because the way the sun was hitting it, it was like on us. It was like bouncing off of it and coming towards us directly pretty much. Um, but after the sun set, it was pretty cold. Uh, I kind of wanted a hand warmer. Like when we were off camera, I was sitting there doing that because my hands were freezing yeah so I, I, don't know. I, I think that was tough mark what were you gonna say oh no i was gonna say like some of these are kind of complaints that you have at everyone like I, it also depends on the, the severity of it like the mm -hmm. shaking stage is something that players often comment on about the live venue where you can kind of feel the bass or feel the, the crowd or whatever it is um if it's just like a rumble versus like a whoa, earthquake kind of thing is a pretty big difference though so i'm not i'm not exactly sure how bad it was for them uh, but it does, I think a lot of the problems, at least as I saw people post, I don't even know if this is 100% accurate, but they said like it was necessary to be outside in order to be able to even do a live. Um, yeah, so yeah. I haven't seen Riot say that. Uh, I've and seen other people say it. Yes. Uh, I have seen random Reddit comments seen that. I, I don't know if you've heard it from 
anybody industry. I never asked. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, so I would make the assumption that that's the case, though. Which is, and another reason why um, I have to point out that it looked weird when we were up there is because unmasked, we cannot be within six feet of each other at least. So you can't have us standing in any sort of like more traditional analyst desk yeah. segment. Um, that doesn't, I'm not defending because I think the, uh, whenever you have people standing far apart, there's always going to be a negative space issue. And then with such a large stage, I can see and understand where the warehouse comments are coming from. Um, but that, that is another thing that like people have to keep in mind is that if we are unmasked, we can't go near each other. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was going to say that we talked, like they talked about like, Oh, well we, we consider it a desk, but having a 24 foot desk or I guess 18 feet would be how long we need to be to yeah. separate people. <laughs> uh you know like it's just gonna look goofy as hell so like you kind of had to do like these standing setups um and i think what i would be most curious of is assuming that's true that like we, we it had to be outside i would want like sven has now done both he would be the perfect person to ask and be like hey which do you prefer now did you prefer playing at home remote or did you prefer having to deal with like the elements in some sense i assume mm -hmm. he would probably say at home but i think uh he Vulcan and Blabber have, and some of the TL guys and, and some of the other people, you know, everyone has this kind of thing. I think it'd be worth asking and, and polling them. And then seeing how strongly they feel, whatever their answer is, and, and comparing that to kind of the, the the benefit you think you get from the stage look and all the, the upsides that you can hopefully get from putting people in person and seeing Perks blow kisses at, at the non-existent crowd awesome. and, 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 and Sven run down and shake the thing because those are moments that you don't really get uh, in person. That was the best too. When Sven and Perks are just running up and you can tell they expected the rest of the team to like be behind them, like rushing the trophy. Yeah. So like Sven gets there and he holds it up and he looks around and it's just Perks there. And they're both just like, where's the rest of the team? I, I did ask Sven about that. I thought it, it, in the press conference, it was pretty funny. Uh, I will say, I, I, I'd love to have it officially confirmed that they had to do it outside because when I read the LA County restrictions, when I was looking into how teams were handling the COVID stuff in their training facilities, I didn't see anything that said that like, that seemed to apply that you couldn't hold something like this indoors. And certainly like they're holding basketball games indoors and stuff like that. Setting that aside, I think maybe what is more relevant than if they had to is if when they, you, you can do things, you can feel like you need to do something not for regulations, right? Um, so for instance, I don't know when they started planning this, but for a lot of people that are global or even outside of LA might not know, California was really bad with COVID several months ago, mm -hmm. like in January slash February or whatever. We're, we're actually doing really well now, but it was really bad. And obviously you don't plan this stuff out like four weeks in advance. So I think there's a good chance where they're like, oh God, like it's really bad. Maybe it's gonna be bad maybe it'll get better and then it'll be this bad by the time the event starts. So maybe right at that time is just like, all right, well, if we're going to do this, we have to do it in the exact and the most safe way possible, which is mm -hmm. to do it outside. So I, I tend to have more sympathy towards the, like, maybe they needed to do it outside regardless, um, unless they were going to do it from home. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting. And I think, you know, they've done outdoor events before. I think there were probably some things that they could have done better. I'm sure they know that and think about it too. 
but I was a little disappointed, I think, in, in the execution. Even just down to little things like, I don't know why the casters needed to look like they were on leashes. Um, I don't know if you guys were able to see that, Mark and Emily, but like in the studio. I saw the meme with Captain Flowers, yeah. Yeah, and like the somebody told me Freak looked like he was jacked into the Matrix uh, because like the cable went to like the back of his neck. And I'm like, yeah, it does kind of look like that. And it is kind of goofy. And I kind of feel like in 2021, we probably have technology to stop having tethers coming out the back of people. So it's just like, it's little things like that where, you know, if you just, there so, are obviously nothing's going to be perfect, but there are ways to optimize, you know? John Zoidberg, PhD in Twitch chat says, when the venue was booked, we had to be outside. And then Raz asked, are you with Riot? And he said, yes. So... There's your there's your answer. I yeah, I'm not. I try not to. The... I try oh, not sorry, to take. Uh, you know, I I didn't come through an official riot channel, so I I feel weird about highlighting. I don't know. John Zoidberg, PhD, sounds as legit as you're gonna get. Yeah. I uh I looked up the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health guidance uh, for small private gatherings, which I don't necessarily think that this. No, there's a sports. For. Okay. There's, yeah, sorry, I, I, I looked into this a while Everything ago. has to take place outdoors with yeah, everyone yeah. wearing a mask. There's, there's a sports one that I've been informed all the LCS stuff falls underneath one, and that's that's got different stuff. Regardless, I just think show could have been better, kind of rough parts, even little things <laughs> like I Dash interrupting the song for like a monologue about LCS I thought was not great. I know some people like that, but I, I and I don't blame Dash yeah, for but it, that's, by the way. That's more taste stuff than, than anything. Yeah, but I just wish uh, the LCS had good taste. Yeah, Travis, you, you have impeccable taste. I do. I think of, <laughs> whenever I'm like, man, that guy gets it. I think yeah. Travis. I think uh, there's there's some parts of that that I agree with. Like, it would have been nice to have the band play. Like, I don't disagree with that idea about, you know, having Dash do some monologues intercut with the band doing stuff. I actually think that works pretty well. But I can see people who were excited for Pentakill and just wanted to see Pentakill play live. Um, and I think it could have been solved by just having them play a full song, the full new song, and then do mm -hmm. this with with like one of the ones that already existed. I think that's or, right, or, or something like that. And, I think and that's, that's right. like so, a, hits both both people's palettes that way. I was not into to Pentakill. In fact, I don't even tend to like that type of music. But I was vibing on it. I was like, this is actually a pretty cool opening ceremony. But because it was like, God, it felt like it was like a minute or so into the song that that happened. I was like, no, this is so disruptive of what I thought was going to be like a longer performance. So I think you're right. I think if they'd done one full song and then they play this kind of like hype thing and like Dash comes in, I think that's how I would have liked it. We're, yeah. we're nitpicking I mean, was, now and Kelsey's accusing yeah. me of being a, a negative Nancy. Well, you um, are. <laughs> uh, so I do want to say one thing, though, because it wasn't the Reddit thread. The keyboardist guy came in and, and the guitar guy as well. I think it is both. Uh, whatever. Atlin Keys. He went in and, and commented on some of the stuff. People thought there was playback and it was, you know, lip synced and all this stuff. And he was saying, no, it wasn't lip synced. It's probably delay from the cameras not matching the audio or something. So like, you would get a shot of him singing live, and then you go to a different shot, and that one would be like a second behind. Um, so there were some some of those kind of technical issues that kind of enhance some of these things that I think people didn't like about the performance, as well as like daylight shots will just never look as cool as night. Like even even like warp tour and some of those things that you see, like you know, just will look cooler at night with like lasers everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> the pyrotechnics, like it's just of course, um, but. Uh, 
the other thing that was really annoying was like the amount of people who were like, man, they did the band dirty. The band, they fucked him over. This performance sucked because they fucked the band over. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the band doesn't like seeing that. Like, I don't think you're defending them the way you think you are, people on Reddit. Uh, I mean, at least it's a way of them expressing frustration with the performance while not blaming the band, right? For sure. But I think like when you, when you see this guy's response, it's kind of like the, the, the band thought like they, they enjoyed it. It sounds like that they were happy to be a part of a part of it in, in the decisions yeah. that were made. So like, it was, it was just really funny seeing, seeing like the people being like, man, I, they did the band so dirty and the, and band's, the like, band's like, actually hey. we were happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just, like, maybe, just... don't project. Yeah, I was going to say, just a small anecdote, we could, I don't know if you were there yet, Mark, if you heard it, but we could hear the lead singer warming up, Yeah, like, just randomly freestyling, he's nuts, like, uh, so I, I wanted to, like, I guess debunk the myth that it was lip synced because it definitely wasn't, as, as someone who was there, but also, that lead singer is so good, like, he was yeah. just warming up behind us, and he sounded insane. I wasn't speaking for the band, Edmondson, I'm talking about what the guy said in his text post who's a part of the band said that they were happy yeah <laughs> that's fine speaking twitch twitch chat is uh in oh, a, in no. right let's let's get let's spend a couple minutes here on on the the games and just get your guys's baseline takes before we get into callers because obviously that's going to be the vast bulk of the the show mm -hmm. so um let's yeah let's just say what i mean what did you guys think was that the best lcs finals of all time is are people overhyping it i mean i i don't know what you guys think i think narratively it has to be up there uh outside of the probably the clg tsm madison square garden finals <laughs> um which is probably like narratively like people not, might not remember the narratives going into that but they were pretty insane and to have CLG come out with a 3-0 there was uh, absolutely nuts. Um, but I think there are a lot of like really cool storylines here, especially with C9, the C9 team specifically, um, that hopefully people are are enjoying because it was it was cool to see them win after last year's spring, especially. Um, and and to see them be able to go to MSI seems kind of like a not a redo, but like it, it's just really fitting narratively. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, I think, true. I think uh, I think it was really good, and it felt really good coming out of you know quarantine to have a full five game series and yeah. have the hype and all this stuff. So I think it was great for a lot of those reasons. But when I think back to a lot of the most memorable best of fives, um, I'm not sure that I would put this one up there with some of the Madison Square Gardens and the 2014 summer where you know there's the crit on the turtle crit or or maybe the you know uh double lift with the lucian culling uh play against c9 like some of those ones i think stick out a little bit more to me but i mean it's definitely up there as one of the great series i it's funny because i i after the lec match earlier and it went to five games and it was like epic and it's like which of these new teams are they're like fighting mm -hmm. to finally get to what be the new kings? What do the LEC folks say? The new and, era with the yeah, new yeah. kings. And uh, and I I was just kind of like God. I really hope our finals don't suck, especially because I mean we I, maybe now's a good time to ask about the day before. But I felt like that TSM TL game was or Matt series was not great. Uh, that felt was like a T hit for sure. Yeah, it felt like TSM was really 
all over the place and uh, some really weird stuff happening. And so I, th I think, you know, when you're obviously in hindsight, you're like, oh, of course this was going to be sick. But after seeing that, that match the day before, you're like, oh God, please don't give us that round two or whatever. So, and then especially like knowing about the sub and wondering what TL can actually pull out, especially there was a high chance lost. yesterday sucked and it yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I think that that was, that was really cool. You know, just like, like the fact that it delivered, especially cause like there's just so many people that relish the, the shitting on LCS, uh, right now. And to be clear. Me saying, like, I like the show, but I wish they could have done the stuff better is not shitting on the LCS. It's, like, expressing frustrations, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's It was it was really cool to see the games. Anyway, now that we've all jibber-jabbered for so long, let's finally get into calls. Let's call the show off. Mark has already done the waiting room, apparently, so I apologize for anybody who was waiting to put their take in. Mark got I mean, excited. we might still have room for one more. We only got five right now. I might go grab a couple more over the course of the show. Cool. Well, uh, I think I think we can dispense with the spiel since you've already already said it. So why don't you go grab no somebody? No spiel read, for you people. I'll read some subs uh, really quickly. Thank you to Kelby. I don't know if you're still here, Kelby, but thank you for the sub uh, and for continuing hit streak sub. Prelt, thank you for the tier three. Holy shit! It's been a minute, but I'm here now. I know I haven't seen you for so long. Uh, Beanies four. Thank you for the prime. Enfi, Rico Suave for 34 months, Typhoon Old, uh, Arm, Ammon Deep 7, Bri Bright 93.97 for 6 months, J Dubs 404, Wooden Post, and Silverius. Uh, thank you everyone for the, the subs. Smart Kitty Momo, thank you as well. Uh, looks like we got Vero here. Vero, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Schwokhofel in Germany. <laughs> Oh my god, I apologize that we jibber-jabbered for so long, because you were probably waiting a while. It's, it's uh, late there. Don't worry, uh, I'm a uni student, and my uh, sleep schedule is fucked anyway, so I'm like, it's 5am nice. almost, but I'm, I'm completely fine. What time is it there? <laughs> um, it's He's almost 5am, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see some other EU folks in the chat shouting you out, my god. Okay, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I will, this is like a question for Emily specifically, but also obviously for all of you. So what is your honest opinion about the um, LCS finals? To me, it looked like a lot of chaos. And although it was very back and forth, there were like a lot of like very misplays. And it was way less hype than the reverse sweep in the LOC finals. With Rogue like seeming to win like game 5 and then like Giga throwing. And this is like also for Emily and especially how good and fun like LPL is to watch as a whole currently like with how much of a banger like that aid like edg the fpx series was and just in how general fun the league looks and yeah that is my take oh god so like are you asking me in terms of like analytically do i think it was worse or because like um in terms of like how hype something is narrative plays a huge part of that so are you are you asking me like do i in and from an analytical perspective think that the level of play in the lcs finals was worse than that in the lac and edg fpx because i feel like everyone would agree that the answer is yes um but yeah. if you're asking me like in terms of did that diminish the hype in the um TLC9 finals. I think there was a dip in game four 
Um, I really disliked game four because I felt like TL gave up so much for free um, in the like early to mid game that they didn't have to. So whenever C9 were taking something with a composition that I uh, was, let's just say it was a lot more difficult to execute um, <laughs> in terms of, uh, as opposed to TL who had better scaling and a little bit better synergy than the, in their, in their uh, overall composition. Um, I think that that game sticks out to me as kind of like the worst of the best of five, but in terms of narratively, I thought it was still really hype. I thought game five was actually such a fun end cap to the series uh, with the way that, um, with the way that they obviously had this very specific plan with the Tristan SI on lane swap, it had already been played in LCO. Um, they, they did something really similar uh, with the qualifying team from there for MSI. So uh, I thought that was kind of a fun connection. Like people were joking, they were like, oh, did Fudge call up his Oceania buddies? Oceania buddies? And they were like, okay, we're gonna do this. Um, and that's obviously something that's not gonna work every game, right? Like it's not something you bring out as like a regular composition. It's something that they specifically brought out in game five. They kind of bet on the fact that Armeo uh, would not be able to respond uh, as well as a veteran jungler like Santorn would be able to respond to. Um, so I feel like when people talk about the Armeo versus Santorin argument, they might point to that game and be like, hey, you know, this is a situation where a veteran jungler like Santorin, he might be able to respond a little bit better to that because he has a ton more experience under his belt, right? Um, but in terms of, so, so hopefully I'm answering your question uh, because I think there's a difference between saying like, well, analytically LCS is worse. Like, come on, like we all know that. Like, like you should just accept that as a baseline. And when you're talking about LCS, I have like a rant about broadcast uh, that I can save for another time. Mark already knows it because I've already ranted to him about it. But like, uh, but but I feel like I'm really sick of couching my words in terms of well, LCS is worse. Like, yes, we all know it. So now, with that baseline in mind, let's work on breaking down these teams. Let's work on just talking about the series with that already in the back of our mind, accepted. Um, and I guess I wish more people would do that. I'm not saying you're doing it, but I'm just saying. When I, when I talk about this in comparison to other regions, which is what I was asked to do, um, that is something that always is in the back of my mind. Hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, uh, like almost as a follow-up then, how do you like, um, like view it then? If you like, do you like um, basically view each, if like uh, in this context where like international is like currently like not available, MSI is up, do you then like almost like box these like different regions in a sense of that you all see them as individual leagues without the greater context, like analytically of like the international, like meta and international like skill level? I mean, I think you always compare them in your head, but like when I'm watching a, like when I'm watching EDG FPX, I'm not thinking in that moment, oh, how would you know, Mad or Rogue do against this team that I save for for the midseason invitational, especially because um, one thing, uh, regardless of region that happens every international competition, that I wish people would talk about more actually, especially at Worlds, uh, because people automatically equate Worlds results with regional strength um, to a degree that I think is somewhat incorrect sometimes. Um, 
for the past, like, since I would say you could make the argument, uh, probably since 2017, you could maybe make it earlier, but I'm going to say like my cutoff kind of is 2017 where you have, um, a, t a team that is the, the best team in the world winning worlds because they're the best team in that meta. Right. So, um, 2017, you have uh, Samsung Galaxy, who were who were actually better in that meta than than T1, um, and then the next year uh, you have IG, who were definitely not the best Chinese team for the majority of the year. That was RNG, who had more of a one three one style, who had more of like a five v five team fighting style, and like yes, IG had to learn how to five v five team fight to a point, um, but their basic strategy, their most basic strategy, was literally. Red side counter picks, we have the hands. And, you know, like it's, it's slightly more than that, but like if you boil it down to like the basics, that was what the meta ended up being. It was a lot more solo lane focused. Um, that's why you saw a team like G2 end up doing really well in that meta. I think you can point to even last year, and that's why Sooning ended up going so far. That's why Fnatic looked so good against TES, because Fnatic was an insane team in that kind of meta, uh, in the meta of last year. Where, uh, where TES was actually not at all. Um, and you still kind of see them struggling, uh, especially given some of their drafts are pretty poor and their team fighting isn't as good as other LPL teams. Um, so I, I don't think you can like ignore regional strength, but I also try to look at teams more individually in terms of like, okay, what is this team good at? What is this team not good at? Um, for C9, they obviously really want to get Blabber involved as early as possible. He's a main carry for the team and they focus on stacking waves, uh, specifically on top side. Um, but yeah, like, uh, hopefully I start rambling, but I'm pretty, yeah. hopefully I answered yeah, Well, to, to throw in another two cents, you know, like, I think it's, it is fine to, when on regional talk shows or regional whatever, you know, broadcast to separate yourself a little bit from the international situation. I don't think you have to like, I don't think it's even good. I don't think it makes the product any better um, to take that extra context into account. So like, you know, I don't, I don't watch the Brazilian league or the Japanese league or whatever. And I definitely can't understand their, their native casters and what they're, exactly they're saying. But I doubt when they're like, this is, that was a great player. This is a great player. I doubt they're like, you know, couching it to Emily's point in like this greater context of like, well, but we're a minor region and we haven't really done much at Worlds recently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I think they just say it and like, you know, people understand that. And I've been saying for a long time that like NA is an underdog region. Like it, it's it's time to adopt that mentality. I've been saying this literally since I think 2016, maybe maybe 2017, but like, it's still my stance. Like we, we are the smallest major region. And you can talk about the money and the other advantages we have. We can talk about paying. We can get into this whole debate about exactly how good NA should be. But the fact of the matter is we're the underdog every time we go up. And we've got the and stupid import fine. rule. That's just uh, like a... Travis! <laughs> and, and, and so I swear that's... to God, I'm going to come through the... <laughs> you, you can celebrate and talk about your players in the regional context during the regional part. And then when you go to MSI, mm -hmm. you know, then you can be like, Okay, well, in the finals, C9 made these mistakes, which I don't think, you know, FPX or Rogue would make, and yada, 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 and the TL didn't push them here, and, you know, like, that's fine, but you don't need to, to worry about that before you get to that part of this, the split or season. Yeah, nobody's uh, in Proving Grounds and being like, oh, man, this EG Prodigies team, 
that's an okay play, but my God, if they had to play against C9 in the LCS, yeah. come on, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? It's like you 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 need to celebrate stuff at at the level that you can. Like I don't similarly what what we Americans suck at soccer, right? Compared to the rest of the world, that's a I'm I can make that statement. So that's I'm not yes, Travis. Incorrect. Okay, I'm you don't sorry, go to like football. the LA Galaxy game. Uh, I think they're a soccer team. And then they're like, oh, man, look at how much these guys suck. They get owned in, in all these places in Europe and elsewhere and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? maybe we just talk about the game that we're watching right now. We don't need to compare everything to, like, like let their let the opponents be the the standard or the team themselves. Don't let it be, like, we're comparing them against the most optimal situation ever. And I want to throw one thing because someone in Twitch just said, tell that to LS. But, like, that's his own personal stream and his own content. Um, and he, in particular, is a very global thinker and commentator. You know, like, he watches every major region. He's talking about all of them pretty much every single day. You know, like, he has a pretty constant rotation going on. And so for someone like him, he's not on the main broadcast. He's not doing this kind of stuff. Um, and he's not, you know, like, in the Reddit comments talking with people in the post-game thread saying like, no, these guys are shit. How dare you think that? I think those are the people that we're talking to. Uh, whether it's us on broadcast need to be more confident just saying, you know, like, oh, this is great, not worrying about couching. And same when the Reddit comments, like, you don't need to go in there and be like, these guys are going to get shit on. That game was a clown fiesta. Um, you know, like, his own content his, is his content. And the people watching him want that context. So, like, I don't think that this is a one-size-fits-all suggestion that we're making either. I will, I will say I do hope some of the other co-streams take off as well like the g4 one that happened this past weekend and and i think previously i had said double lift was very negative perhaps the, the inclusion of medios and sneaky has tempered him a little bit but like i think one of the we're going kind of far off now but like one of the values of the co-stream stuff is that you have a wide variety yeah. of places to to watch content and for a while it felt like the co-stream meta was just like this is garbage. Oh my God. I'm getting a headache. I can't watch this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's what you got on like every co-stream. And I'm like, okay, well, we're two weeks into the start of the year. Um, these teams are filled with players that haven't played in the LCS before. So I, I, I do hope that we see some, some stuff. Um, we, we've kind of answered this question for quite some time now, but um, hopefully yeah, we were able to get your, your follow-up, Vero. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just lastly, I think I like agree with all of you. Especially, I really like your like point, Emily, on the um, that you have to like look at the specific meta where like a world team won. Like for example, like when IG won Worlds, Fnatic was not the second best team of the world that year. That was probably still Katie Rolls who lost in the five game series. And I really like that you have to look like you. I think League fans often forget like context and like a lot in their like analysis so i'm really happy that you like you try to like push that onto like yeah. the broader league fan base and i really appreciate that thank you and by yeah, the way I it's mean, funny i think context oh, ahead, is super important and i also think like it's really difficult right like uh, i mean even for someone like me who doesn't have a social life and just watches league of legends all the time uh because i want to watch every major region um like it uh i guess I'll say there's always like a time and a place for that context. And I think that context is super, super important. But also if you're on the NA broadcast, you want to give the focus and time to the two teams that are playing in that moment. 
I was going to say it's funny because, Vero, you said your your piece at the beginning, and then Emily was ready to go and dived in immediately, uh, and I enjoyed the enthusiasm. But I, I was going to call you out and say and, – and call Mark out because we were just like, this, this series was sick. Everything was great. And then the first caller Mark pulls is the type of caller – Vero, I mean – well, actually, I do mean offense from this. Uh, you seem like the type of person who, after you watch the LEC finals, and then you join the raid into the LCS Twitch chat, and then you immediately start spamming, like, healthcare, Omega Lol, and... Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> That's a fair spam. These, these teams, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, imagine watching this, uh, wow, 40k viewers, Omega Lol, etc., etc., and... Uh, and I'm like, oh, we got we got an EU hater is our first call after the LCS files onto the show. I'm I'm mostly teasing, but I, I just thought it was funny to that. I had a very visceral reaction whenever the first thing I heard was like, <laughs> yeah, you guys thought the LCS finals were great, but did you see Rogue versus Mad Lions? Come on, tell me <laughs> yeah, right now I, uh... that was better. <laughs> I realized that like it looked like kind of funny, especially like after you like talked about like that the narrative was like super hype for the LCS final. And I'm glad to say that, like, I came into, like, the call with a bit of, like, that mindset. But your points, like, mellowed, like, my... I think your points, like, helped me, like, understand that. And I think it, like, probably looked, like, harder on paper when I, like, actually, like, intended to, like, sound... I didn't want to sound, like, in... Yeah, like, I'm just, I'm just like, teasing. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do... Actually, Mark, really quick question. I don't know if we have a call in the pipeline about... MSI and C9 and MSI and all that stuff, or at least C9 and versus EU or whatever? Uh, I don't really have one because I assume in the weeks leading up to MSI... Well, well I just here I just want to ask, since we are on the topic of the LEC stuff versus the, the LCS stuff, one of the things that I was a little hopeful on when G2 didn't make it was like, okay, hey, this might be a bit of a of a boon for North America because we're going to be sending I thought at the time it would be rogue um uh but obviously it's mad lines who you know don't have obviously they were at worlds don't have the experience that G2 has of going to all these crazy events and doing all this kind of crazy stuff meanwhile we're sending C9 with like perks on it who's obviously a huge voice you know blabber our MVP like Look, I'm not. I'm not trying to say. Well, we're gonna crush LEC. I get that we're the the underdogs, as you guys have said. But like, I I think I have a little bit of optimism for how we might fare and perhaps perhaps can be competitive with the LEC team. And I'm kind of curious, Mark and Emily. You don't need to go into a big spiel on it, but should I just get rid of that feeling now? Is that over? Should I not feel that way? Um. So I will warn you that the way it's set up, um, I think C9 should still get out of their group, but. Just be warned that they do have to face Damonkia in their group, um, and I don't expect them to be Damonkia, even in the best of one. Um, so, like, people should keep that in mind, too, because uh, Mad Lions is in a region with the TCL champion, the CBLL champion, and the PCS champion, whereas uh, Cloud9 is in with Damonkia, Infinity Esports, and Detonation Focus Me um, in Group C. So, like, people should be aware of that. Uh, when, when you're comparing like the two teams' performance, because uh, I think that context is important. Um, in terms of C9 versus MAD, uh, there was a really specific play, I think it was in game five, 
of Rogue Mad where um it was topside. Uh, was it the was it the it was rogue like really where rogue countered? Topside. It was where it they... where rogue countered the like rogue countered LPL style the um the dive. Yeah, it was basically like so. I believe it was Armut was prepping to freeze the wave top, and then um, they pushed in. So rogue were like, or was it? whatever anyway that play told me the way both teams responded to that play i'm just forgetting who was on what side because i literally just watched it for the first time today because i was uh on like literally on stage sure. when this was going on um i need to rewatch that entire series again i just watched it through once like with kind of like not turning my brain off because i can't turn my brain off but i just watched it all the way through without like pausing or anything um that play told me that they will be prepared for the way that C9 play topside, which is basically like um, either Fudge is going to be trying to prep for a freeze or they wait for uh, specifically against Alfari, they would just wait for him to have a stacking wave push in and then he'd be in a really bad spot and then Blabber would come up. Um, and and in both cases, whether it was Armia or Centaurin, they weren't coming up to cover that thing. So they weren't coming around and prepping for a dive uh, as the stacking wave is pushing in, um, and they also weren't responding to the fact that Blabber was always going to respond to that kind of play. Um, the way that Mad and Rogue both played that told me that they, whoever qualified, would be prepared to play against the way that C9 played topside. Um, if there is a benefit in this C9 team, like obviously they have a few things against them. Um, they, you know, they do play in a, in a weaker region, so they're not going to have as, as good practice. But then also we were on 11-5, whereas everyone else was on 11-6 going in. Um, so I am curious to see how they adapt. I do think this is a team that once they start playing teams from other regions can, should, can and should be able to adapt fairly quickly, uh, which is their main positive, I would say, about this C9 team. Okay, we're screwed. I gotcha. Message received, Emily. I gotcha. Just look uh, at that topside play. It's like in the first, like, I want to say like three minutes, right? The caller can back me up on this. It's in game five. It's literally like the first play that they do topside. Yeah, anyway. and it was, uh, I would like to respond to Twitch chat. No, I did not mean to say uh, that the dive was LPL style. I wanted to say the rogue, like, play to counter the dive was very LPL. Well, we... Like, uh, but we we, is, I, yeah. we need to, to duck out of the call yes. anyway because we're running late and uh, and I think I think we are we're we're going so far down the rabbit hole that, that we're discussing stuff with Twitch. Uh, Vera, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to our next caller? Uh, just longtime fan of the show. Very happy to finally get like on the show. Thank you for having me, and I'm uh, I'm sorry for uh, extending this call so much. You're good. You're no, good. It was a good Thanks. call. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good much. call, Vero. Uh, hopefully next time you call in with something positive to say about my region. <laughs> rather than will do, will do. All right, catch you later. Have a good one. Catch you. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to do here's a quick... The, here's the thing. Okay. You know, it's never the caller's fault. That's that's my take on it. Is Travis is the host of this show. So if anything ever goes on too long or whatever, it's his oh. fault. Well, I ended it. We're good. Okay, no. but there are some that caller did not do it. But there are some who will battle to stay on for as long as they can, and I have to no, no. He he actually yeah, just had a, an interesting take yeah, uh, yeah. that I, I was I yeah. was happy. To I I was not I I thought it was good, and I think Emily had great stuff. So I I obviously was going to let it go longer, but I uh, 
sometimes like when we when we get to a point where the caller's like i would like to respond to something i'm seeing in twitch chat an accusation about me i'm like okay okay we got to move on go um, go handle that in twitch chat get out of here <laughs> yeah. i'm going <laughs> to i'm going to do a quick shout out though uh a semi quick shout out to alienware for sponsoring so much of what we do i really appreciate uh their support and, uh, you know, I know you guys have heard me talk about them for years. And so perhaps you think to yourself like, oh, you know, I'm... but I just don't want us to ever get into a place where we take for granted what they are able to provide and making a show like Hotline League happen, making uh, my coverage happen. You know, we're now getting to a point where and not too, too long from now, I will be once again traveling with Broden or whoever. I don't know if I can get Broden. He's uh, become a celebrity during the pandemic, but I will be traveling again. All those expenses are significant, uh, pretty big costs, you know, paying, paying Broden if I do get him, because again, he's become a celebrity. And so I have to pay him giant day rates. Uh, that stuff is, is all made possible by our sponsors and the alien. We're obviously being around for so long sponsoring, um, you know, virtually everything we do. It's really appreciated. So I just want to thank, uh, Alienware so much for their support. If you guys want to, you can go check out their stuff at alienware.com slash Travis and uh, would love to see you guys uh, do that. They make some awesome stuff. And by the way, you might be having a hard time nabbing um, some of the latest graphics cards, but they have them available right now in their desktops if you're looking for one. So go go check it out. Uh, anyway, Mark, you want to grab our next caller? Uh, yeah. I saw, you, I saw you on Twitter, by the way. Oh, he's gone. Uh, thank you to Son of Killy. Uh, Cygnus, Lan7J2, Jakilhu, uh, Mr. Alpha, thank you, uh, for the prime and, and the bits. Wild LOL sub for 29 months. It says, hi, Emily. Glad to see you back on. And Yeshua7805. So shout out to Alienware and Gamefield. Keep up the great content. Thank you guys, uh, all for the subs. I really appreciate it. Uh, Bronin for newest offline TV member. No, listen, he's not supposed to be, uh, that's not, he's not. Broden even unfollowed me? Is that what you said, Vasilum? What happened? No, he, unfo he unfollowed uh, Kelsey. What? Mm-hmm. He doesn't oh like high-level league talk on his Twitter timeline, okay, apparently. Okay, I'm wow. going to put Broden's chat or Twitter in the in the, the chat right now. You guys feel free to tell him, to ask him. Just be, like, be very polite Broden. about it. Be like, hey, can you follow Kelsey back? Can you follow Kelsey? She, you know, it'd be great if you could follow her. There's her, her his Twitter. Go go tweet at him. Uh, Atharva's here. Atharva, where are you calling from? Uh, King of Prussia. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me calling, like, way back when. I remember. We're debating. Yeah. <laughs> King of Prussia is a place. It's not a person. I swear. It's in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, it's... We were talking about all the... Giant mall, but yeah. I was gonna say I remember that all the weird names are in Pennsylvania. Like Bethlehem is there, and yep. I don't know all the all the weird names. By the way, I will I will shout them out later. But thank you to Grubhub Gaming for dropping twenty gifted subs right now. Uh, oh, welcome back, Kim Russia. I do recall you. I don't recall your take. What was your your take the last time you were on? Yeah, it was actually it's perfect uh, segue into this one. So my take last time was that I was very nervous. Um, this was after Perks joined C9, and I was excited as hell, but I was extremely nervous because I didn't think that Perks and Blabber were going to synergize as well as Niski and Blabber would. Uh, and not from the Perks angle, but from the Blabber angle. I was afraid that uh, his ability to play to his laners um, was going to be a weak point, and I didn't know if he had that style in him. 
And after last night, I I was one hundred percent wrong, and I'm so glad to be wrong. <laughs> well, and I mean to help to go back to what your your main point was when you called in was that the TLC nine rivalry point I think was was the interesting thing that you yeah mentioned. yeah. Uh, the, the, oh, sorry. I thought Travis was asking about my previous take when I was. Uh, he was, but fuck Travis. Let's get into your real take. <laughs> yeah, yeah go okay. Ahead, go ahead and go for it. <laughs> yeah, so my take is pretty much the opposite of what the previous caller I uh, was calling in about. Um, my main take is that the biggest rivalries of the past uh, in NA um, have kind of disappeared and left like a massive narrative void. There's no more like TSM versus CLG or even T TSM versus C9. Uh, Bjergsen's a coach, Doublelift is retired, and honestly, with the caliber of players we saw last night, I think that Team Liquid and C9 are going to be the rivalry uh, moving mm -hmm. forwards. And honestly, as a lifelong C9 fan, who was absolutely crushed when, at the time, my favorite player, Jensen, left our org um, to join Team Liquid and to watch Team Liquid like dominate our org for so long... Um, this finals to me was my favorite LCS finals of all time. I mean, it had everything. And I, I know that for the next month, I'm going to have to hear about how delusional I am for thinking that this was good League of Legends and how the drafts were really bad and t Team Liquid had a sub and a million other reasons for why C9 is going to get crushed. But yeah, it's right illegal, now, by the way, to celebrate. Right now, we them boys. And we got <laughs> perks. And I'm so fucking hyped. The, uh, watching Captain Flowers and Azale feel the same energy I did while watching that game, contacting my friends who, honestly, we haven't watched a full league match in like, it's been almost like a year and a half, uh, like we call each other and we're getting on Discord and we're hype as fuck when that blubber, uh, I mean, that blubber, that bubble threads the needle and hits a uh, tactical, like it was just an amazing series and I'm so excited for the future. Um, uh, between these two teams especially. Um, yeah, that's my take. I, uh, I'm i really excited to hear this. I, d I definitely think that the beginning of this year, I just, it felt so bleak. Uh, I think at least from a, like a narrative sense, you know, like it felt like there were less people watching watching LCS. And I, I think there, there still has, has been a bit of that, but you know, less people really care about a lot of these players. I mean, we had, Andre on uh, from Immortals not too long ago where he was talking about just like lack of storylines and I think perhaps some are going to accuse me of, of trying to, to force this TLC nine thing. But ever since, you know, I started talking about these players and, you know, Sven said that he feels like TL is like their only real rival. And we saw these guys meet twice in playoffs and the way that that series went, uh, it, it really does feel like we're going to be able to build these two teams into the the big names. And, you know, obviously I know TSM fans are going to say, hey, I've got something to say about that. You know, TSM is going to come back or 100 Thieves fans. I don't know. But, the like, I, I really do think, like, this is the, the birth of a, a new rivalry. And I'm really hoping that everybody, the teams and Riot and, and media and, and everyone, co-streamers, all really lean into this as, like, a – probably the bigger story in LCS this year. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think... think... Oh, oh, no, go. Oh, go. Mark. Okay. Uh, I think uh, overall, I was really happy with the weekend. Um, I think the whole idea that this is going to be the main rivalry for the LCS, I hope it's true because I think a lot of the elements are there in terms of the personal rivalry a little bit between Jensen and Perks. Um, they've met an international competition a number of times. They've, uh, you know, 
Jensen had to battle Bjergsen, and now Perks joins right when Bjergsen retires, and it, it still feels like he's playing second fiddle for best. Jensen uh, out the gate the saying that he he's like, I don't think Perks is going to be that big of a yeah. A little bit of trash talk between the two of them. So like, I think that's hype. I think the orgs going at it is hype uh, in terms of just like you want to see the two two best teams go go back and forth uh, over and over again. So overall, I, I just I'm ex I hope it is an era of dominance for both of them in that sense, kind of like how Fnatic and G two were. And if TSM can, can climb up there, make it a three horse race, great. But um, even if it's just the two of them, I would love to to you know have some international showings to back it up. That'd be the only other thing I want to add into the mix. I mean, GEI, if what we keep talking about old Kings and new Kings or whatever the hell everybody, I don't even watch enough LEC, but I just know everybody on Reddit gets really whiny about it. Uh, but it's yeah, like, if the G2 fanatic rivalry is, is gone, I'm who cares about this rogue mad line stuff. The new major rivalry in the last is C9 TL. This is, this is what we should all be talking about. All right. Uh, and like, give us give us these guys battling out back and forth for like a couple years, so that we get all the the love and hype that EU has had as they've they've had two of uh, major teams like battle it back and forth. Emily, what were you gonna say earlier? Whenever you and Mark were literally repeating every word you were saying at the same time. Um, it's okay. We do this on broadcast all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, big thing that I really like about this rivalry and the way that it has formed and one thing i think that we could definitely do better on on broadcast just generally like I'll, I'll call myself out on this um is like translating when we see two teams like this constantly going at it and the format sets up such a neat rivalry narrative package so like they went at it in um in lock-in tournament, which is such a cool way to kick off the season because we did get to see these two teams in a best of five. And yep. in that best of five, we got to see how quickly C9 already improved from the beginning of lock-in tournament just to the end of it, despite losing. Um, and then throughout the season, these, like I said this on cast, I thought these two were were by far and away record, uh, like a kind of record be damned in terms of play. I thought these two teams were the two best teams in North America, and these were the two I expected to see in finals. Um, I think that, uh, I guess we need to do a better job of like calling out individual player narratives and tying it into how well they're performing instead of being like, oh, they're performing super well. Where are they in terms of like top whatever players or, or and stuff like that? Like, I'd like to see us look at this rivalry from a more holistic way of, uh, player versus player in terms of narrative or trash talk, like the whole who's going to come in and be the next best mid laner in the LCS. Um, I think that is really interesting. I think the, um, the series that we just had already sets us up for a really interesting look going into summer as these two teams are definitely going to be the two to beat. And TL are probably going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they weren't able to play with their full team. I'm not saying that's why C9 um, won. I actually, even if Santorin had been able to play, still would have picked C9 to win. Got a call um, about that. Okay, so I won't touch on that. But I think like the way that this finals ended and how close it was really sets up that narrative going into summer as well, um, regardless of how well C9 do at the midseason Invitational. Mark, do we have a caller about Fudge? Uh, I forget, to be honest. 
Okay. I pulled them like an hour and a half ago. Well, I'll just say I, this really I can quickly then. Add a take on Fudge. No. Uh, Okay. <laughs> well, here I'll I'll see. If I want that take, we'll find someone else. You've just, got your just, time, just Mister. To, just to kind yeah, of riff yeah, off yeah. of, wow. just to kind of riff off of what Emily was saying and talking about the individual player narratives on these teams and tying them in. Like, I think it was crazy how cool, like the fudge narrative went. Where like for in the very beginning, he obviously had huge issues. People ranked him incredibly low, and anybody who said otherwise got shouted at and screamed at by the community. And over the course of the split, I think he's done considerably better. And a lot of the people I talk to uh, agree. It's just like the that initial impression has stuck with the fans so much that they love to go fudge Omega lol. Um, Wait, really? Yes. Oh, that's weird. I did no, not he, know that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, mean, I rarely look at... Uh... I really look at Twitch chat. He, but, um, he he said in the interview with me that he thought he was the second best player in the the LCS, and like people got real pissed on my YouTube video and gave it a ton of dislikes and angry comments and all this stuff. And I was like, huh? my God, we're really this upset about this? I um, actually love Fudge for that. Like, I yes. love his I love his confidence. I think it's great. I think uh, I think one cool thing about the C9 team is their kind of like swagger and, and confidence they have in themselves. 100%. Um, I was just going to tell you an anecdote after, uh, as I was getting on stage for the final thing, I saw Jack and like waved and was talking to him. And he was like, do you think still think Fudge is the ninth best top yes. player? Jack is um, great. So we, and so we were talking about that. And then he's like, hey, do us a favor because you set up the narrative. And I was like, see, yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, it was funny. All right. No, so we're talking uh, Fudge anyway. Shout, shout out to Jack. We may as well 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 handle this now. Yeah. No. I I think. Uh, by the way, Jack will. If you ever say anything, Jack will hear about it, and will show he up. keeps it in a book. Oh well, uh, Fudge Fudge was book in of at the start of this, so maybe maybe he'll come back now that we're talking about him. He he said he said Fudge Omega all a second ago, um, but he, <laughs> uh, I think you know Jack will keep that stuff in the book of grudges. But I do like honestly after this weekend because I think what happened was. You had Alfari, who everyone was like, oh, my God, Alfari, Alfari, Alfari. I mean, I voted him for MVP. And then you had uh, Hooney, where, like, obviously, like, he had a, a questionable rep uh, from from a performance perspective going into this year. And then I think played really well for a lot of this time. People felt really good about it. And then people were like, fudge, blah. But after this weekend, I honestly kind of feel like, and I, I love your guys' opinion on this, like, fudge looks to reign supreme over the over that group at least when you look at this weekend alone um i think you should be in the conversation but i think the big thing um that i would love to see is uh how cloud nine and this actually isn't on fudge because the way they play around topside is not on fudge alone it's a team thing um, I do want to see how teams respond to the way they set up topside um, because based on their two previous series, um, I think it's a bit predictable if you're a team like studying it. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that TL didn't respond to it really. Uh, so uh, I will, I'll, I'll like say that, um, but in terms of, uh, individual prowess um he should be in the conversation the reason why it's really difficult for me to rate top laners is because i think laning and i said this before which is why i actually said on broadcast that no one should consider my top lane list 
um, is that uh, is that it's really difficult to evaluate uh, without ProView because it's really hard to see how people are setting up waves in top lane. And I think top lane above all other lanes is something where wave management matters so much. Um, and so if I have to give credit to Fudge for anything above all else, it's how he's improved with wave management and how the team itself has responded to that intern. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things I was going to say about this is, and we'll, I'll talk more about it in the Santor and Armeo call, is that um, I think I think the jungle played a huge influence in how top went. And I don't think, this is not me saying that Fudge is bad. I think Fudge is really fucking good about how he can set up these abusable situations. And it puts the pressure on the other team to actually, mm -hmm. you know, either trade when this is happening and let Alfari actually just be like, hey, dude, you're not getting help. So, you know, deal with it or to properly go up and help there. Uh, and I don't think, um, you know, when you factor in the 2v2, I don't think it's even close. I think it'd be close if it was like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it would come down to who's getting what in draft and some of this stuff. Um, but when you factor in the jungle situation, I don't think it's close. The C9 top side is way better. Um, and so I think I think Fudge is really good. I would, you know, put him top three pretty easily in the LCS right now. I think, you know, uh, Huni, uh, like, I think Alfari is better still, but, you know, Fudge is great. And I'd say he's performed better than, than Huni someday and uh, probably impact a little bit in recent... Uh, weeks but that would be the, the closest one i think when you start getting to two three um one well, and, so. and uh and one thing and I will... he's got a huge ceiling too that's the last thing i'd say is that like <laughs> there's not been like since lock-in through finals like it's just an imp uh, a pretty steady improvement the entire way no, no no this is my i was gonna say this i wanted to say this whole time shut up mark okay Here's why we should <laughs> all be excited. here's why we should all be excited about msi no no i've got one of my things Okay, look at where Fudge was in the beginning in Lockin, right? He was like down at the bottom. He's at the in the corner of the graph, and then he just he's been hard scaling throughout the whole split. So if he just keeps going, this guy's gonna be the best top. Bro, he's like MSI. GME. He's gonna boom. Everyone tells you he's going to the moon. He's gonna go to to MSI. He's gonna he's gonna tank. This is this is when all the idiots are coming in talking about short ladder attacks. And you're it's like, the what? Hyperbolic time chamber. MSI what is this? For fudge. And I mean, then I don't know if yeah, he's going to play a carry. <laughs> Runs into to you know Khan and Dom Juan. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Okay, so Atharva, <laughs> I just want uh, just want to get back to you really quickly uh, before before I give you your shoutouts. Um, how do you? You're a staunch C9 fan, right? So uh, yes, we're talking. What's that? I said, yes, sir. We're talking a lot about this rivalry. What do you think of Team Liquid? How do you feel about them whenever you think of them? Uh, no, I have nothing but respect, unfortunately. Okay. I know you want me well, to shit on him. But yeah, Jensen's, as I said, he was my favorite player. After this series, honestly, come on. I can't. Perks, Perks, come on. Like, yeah, he's my favorite now. Um, I, I, I actually love the org uh, in terms of how Jad conducts himself. I, I think the best part about the rivalry is that the best players on each teams are in different roles. Um, and as Emily and Mark were saying, like, I think Alfari is just a world-class top laner, and I think it makes it such an interesting okay. matchup because uh, Atharva. Jungle Gap. Okay, I'm gonna help I'm gonna help you out because you're gonna call in again in the future, maybe about this topic. When I ask okay. you this question again, you gotta say yeah. 
Yo, fuck Team Liquid. These guys think they can spend so much money. Well, guess what? Jack spent the money, and Team Liquid, <laughs> once he was able to get that amount, and he was able to spend it, look how he, they, you know, Team Liquid, they beat him twice, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what a joke, org. Cloud Travis, the best. I'm a TSM hater. I'm a TSM hater. I keep all the hate bundled for one team, and that, that's got to be TSM. I can't hate multiple orgs, you know, especially good ones. <laughs> all right, well whatever uh that's that's a fair point and i understand it uh i think tsm puts a pretty big target on themselves so i i can i get that uh what do you have any shout outs you want to you want to make before yeah we, uh, yeah i, I want to shout out the uh, people that uh randomly dropped what they were doing to watch the series with me um uh one second i got mitchell i got anish i got my boy blue uh hey i'm s and t root uh shout out to all of them and also, a uh, pro tip for any NA fans that don't want to deal with the overwhelming negativity that is coming for over the next month, I highly suggest what I did was I turned off Reddit and Twitter. I've had it off for three months now, and it's been an amazing experience. It's actually like watching League with just your homies is one of the best things ever, like without any any type of bias. It's, you know, just like watching it with other TSM fans, other T, uh, TL fans, it makes the experience so much more fun. Thank, uh, thanks so much, Atharva. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the, the suggestion. That's a good call. Hey, thanks so much for the call. No problem. Yeah. Have a good time. Have a good one. Uh, we can do one more caller mark and then we'll do our second break. Uh, thank you to Grubhub Gaming for the 20 gifted subs. Awesome to do that. We're gonna sh talk about them uh, later on in the show. D9 TV then immediately rising the challenge within one minute and gifting 25 just to show up my sponsor. That's uh, that's <laughs> I guess that's one way to do it. Yeshua, thank you for the uh, the prime as well. JNT returns to the show. Wow, we have both of the the we got uh, both of them. The, both of them this time. Okay, JNT, remind them. everyone where you're calling from. San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. Well, you sound so happy tonight. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, well, as Mark kind of alluded to it. Um, I don't think that the Team Liquid jungle substitution really had any effect on the series. I feel like whether it was Armeo, whether it was Santorin, this series would have played out pretty much exactly the same way. And I don't think that Team Liquid would have gotten any extra advantages or like a greater jungle performance with Santorin in. So do you, does that because, is that because, let's clarify this a bit. Do you think Armeo is as good as Santorin? I think the role that he's filling and the current like situation of like the jungle meta i didn't think it it just didn't matter too much was the main thing gotcha is that so it's not I, that I'll, i thought greg or armea was playing as well as santorin or both of them were going to be bad it was just they're kind of facilitating the same role within the context of this meta emily you're a you're a big jungle person you're always mm -hmm. talking about jungle pathing jungle stuff what do you what do you think of this um the big thing that stands out to me, I think I alluded to this in my other call, and then Mark was like, no, no, we're going to talk about that uh, later, so I'll bring yeah. it up again now. Um, the big thing to me was the game five, because I think uh, there are a few things about Santorin uh, that I really, really, really appreciate. Uh, the first is in a in a meta where he can interact with his lanes more often. He's typically a lot more comfortable, which is why I actually would have favored them a little bit more if they'd been on like eleven six with a few more uh, jungle, um, with a few more 
jungle champions available and uh like i've seen a lot of lpl teams kind of interacting with their lanes a lot more early uh i never know if that's an lpl thing specifically just because they lpl junglers typically like to interact with their lanes earlier like on the whole um but there there's that that, that sticks out in my mind which doesn't apply to the series but then the other thing is specifically with that game five um Obviously, the lane swap really, really threw TL for a loop, and most specifically, Armeo was set behind, right? Um, so when you're looking at what that swap was supposed to accomplish, obviously, advantageous lane matchups. You take advantage of the Scion level one, where he could just, like, kill himself. Um, but the fact that Armeo was so far behind and kind of didn't know what to do in that situation, I do think that Santorin, given uh, his experience, would have been able to handle that uh, a little more gracefully. As for whether that would have decided the series, I already said that I would have picked C9 to win, regardless uh, if Santorin had played or not. Um, I think the reason why people are pointing out um, that Santorin would have made a difference is because this series ended up being a lot closer than people expected. Um, because most people came in being like, oh, it's going to be a 3-0. Or like, in my opinion, I was like, it's going to be a 3-1, um, but it's going to look kind of similar to their first series where uh, a lot of things are going to be decided really early on in these games, either due to draft or due to execution. And then the games are going to play out. And that's not what at all what happened. Um, I actually think TL was able to recover pretty well from a lot of the topside disadvantages that they did end up having. Um, and I would have been curious to see also if Santorin, with a week of prep, would have responded to the way that C9 topside treats minion waves uh, and, and the way that Fudge does prep them and kind of, um, depending on matchup obviously, but kind of forces his opponent to to be kind of out there and, and ready to be ganked because of the way that they're trying to push a wave to turret to get it to crash so you can stop a freeze. Um, so yeah, all of that being said, I still would have picked C9 to win, but I can understand where people are coming from in terms of looking especially at that game five and being like, oh, if we had a veteran jungler in here like Santorin, he may have been able to respond to this situation a little bit better and that's not a slide against Armeo like shout out to Armeo for coming in and you know he this series was closer than I think most people expected it to be um but yeah that that's the yeah. one thing that sticks in my mind with the series is that especially that game five Mark I think a couple of things stick in my mind too I think uh some of the topside 2v2 situations there was one where um you know he came in to help push Alfari's wave in the first game uh, and even before Blabber got there, he was going to collapse on it anyways, but um, he just didn't realize that Renekton could kill him 1v1, and mm -hmm. good on Fudge. I mean, I'm so excited to see Fudge actually do this play. It's it's exactly the kind of play you need to be a real winner uh, and, and not back down from a 1v2 situation and get the kill uh, as your backup's coming in. He didn't wait for Blabber. He just saw that he could kill him right there, but at the same time, you know, I don't think Santorin would have let that happen to him either. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's a, a play where I think, you know, Santorum would have played that differently. There was the other game where, I think it was game four, where again, he tried to hold the wave after Alfari died. 
and kind of like ran in and tried to like put some threat on them so that they couldn't push the wave in. And he actually just killed himself too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Santara wouldn't have done that. Uh, that as well as game fact, three. Game three, okay. And then on top of the fact that there were a couple situations, as Kelsey was mentioning, where like maybe he wouldn't have covered, but he would uh, Santorum would have gone and traded and worked yeah. with Core JJ to get more stuff done and been a more vocal part of the team because our Mayo is stepping in and not expected to lead. Whereas I think Santorum in the early game will be like, okay, Blabber's up top. I'm going to go get deep vision here and Core JJ. Maybe we can do this thing. You know, like it's just not the same level of coordination across the board. And to your point, I think Armeo did not lose them the series. I, and I think a lot of people were expecting him to come in and just be outclassed and get shit on. And that didn't really happen. But the same way I wouldn't say like, oh, he didn't lose TL the series. Santorin might've won them the series is what I'd say. Uh, if if he had a pop-off game, maybe he could have won one. I still would have predicted C9 to win versus TL. I think that they might have. I just think the games would have looked different, and you would have seen different game states. And I think Santorin's a better team fighter probably than Armeo and stuff like that. And so, like, you add up all these little situations, and who knows, you know, well, that- I still predict C9 to win. But I, I think, you know, it could have it could have been different. I mean, okay, so it's like this is a weird conversation to have because I feel like C9 fans get really defensive in the chat when you talk about this stuff, right? Because I, I, understandably, they don't want to feel like they only won because TL had a sub, right? You want to feel really good about this. Um, but, I mean, it sounds like Emily, both you, Emily and Mark, both of you guys think like, oh, C9 would have won, like having Santorin would not have allowed TL to win this. It sounds like you, you don't think Santorin would have made this necessarily different. Uh, but it's just, it's crazy for me because I think about like Santorin, I mean, it's what it's what they played that Peter clip in the beginning of the uh, the, the game where he's like, I was going to predict TL. Uh, oh, uh, actually, this was before the TSM game. He's like, I was going to predict TL, but like, you know, when you've got a jungler that's been playing for 99% of the year with you and all this stuff, like it's, it's just so hard for me, given how close that series was to not think like if you just had a couple moments go slightly different and spin those games a little differently, like... And you got to imagine that the guy who showed up a couple days before was thrown into it, hasn't played LCS at all this year, is not going to perform as well as the guy that's been like hundreds of hours uh, with with the yeah. team over the course of this year. And, and a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, they, they lost worse with Santorin in winners. It's like, yeah, and then they adapted. Like the same way that Golden Guardians beat TSM last year and then in losers, TSM beat Golden Guardians. Like people and learn, they the adapt. They play the meta the better. Yeah, like, who knows what could have happened if Santorum was there the whole time. I'm still predicting C9, but I'm acknowledging, and I think you're just doing, you're just making yourself sound like your head's in the sand if you don't acknowledge that Santorum's a better player than Armeo. Not, you know, and I, it's not shaded Armeo. It's and just by the like, way, I don't even think, the fact. even in a world where we don't think they're better, let's say we think they're even, which, by the way, I think you have to make a pretty far stretch to, to be able to say that. One of them has been playing nonstop with this team. The other one got yeah. played for two days in advance. Yeah. Like it's just if you if if you remove the team names and you just tell this story and you're like, yeah, one of these teams, you know, these two teams that seemed pretty even throughout different points of the year, um, you know, one of them suddenly had a last minute substitution two days before the thing. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me that people are like, no, 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 we can't acknowledge it. We can't talk about it. Blah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. But JNT seems to like. What's interesting is I feel like all three of you guys feel like, San, even though the series was so close, you don't feel like Santorin, like the like TL would have won it. 
Yeah, I mean, I totally get the argument that, yes, yeah, Santorin could have potentially won them the series. But on the flip side, you know, how much impact can you really have when you're playing Udyr three games and Hecarim two games? Like, I, I totally understand, like, there's a whole, like, difference when Santorin's in there. He's been playing with them the whole time. There's built-up synergy. But at a point, you're, you reach a certain point into the game where Udyr is just running around bear slapping people in team fights, not doing a whole lot, obviously like jockeying for a position and whatnot. But in the actual team fights, I don't think they play out, you know, super different with Santorin in. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go back to the game five just a little bit because I do think, you know, that is the point where people will focus on saying that if Santorin was in there, the game would have gone differently. He would have been able to, you know, find a solution out of the whole madness. But the main thing that I thought where... I think TL was kind of screwed either way in that situation was that Team Liquid had no vision on the level one whatsoever. Like they never saw Blabber plus their bot lane walking in through their top side. They never saw Scion starting the bot lane camps up until Core JJ kind of came in with the late ward. So I guess my question to Emily mainly is that like, what is Armeo sort of supposed to do in that situation? Because he was kind of going just for like your basic red side full clear. He had no knowledge that, you know, Udyr had just farmed his top side up until, you know, they saw Core JJ on that ward, or they saw Fudge on that ward from Core JJ. So, I don't know, it just kind of felt like Armeo was just, there was no way out, because I but think... Your question the is, way just, not, what did they do in that situation? Yeah, I'm not talking about as it's happening. I'm talking about afterwards, like early to mid-game, how, okay. he, how he yeah, recovers yeah. and how he trades. Obviously, like, I don't think Santorin would have sussed that out either. Um, I think it's something that until you see it, you don't assume it's going to happen. Um, I'm curious as to why you brought up the Hecarim Udyr point, considering they traded those junglers every single game. So if you're bringing up champions, it takes away from what Blabber was able to do on those champions early. I'm just throwing that out there because there was only one game in game three where he played uh, Nocturne. Um, but if you're saying like, what can Armeo do on Hecarim and Udyr, well, Blabber did phenomenally well on both of those champions and was able to affect his lanes early. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I that's a fair point. I definitely think sort of what you mentioned before, um, the way that Fudge and Blabber sort of work together with their wave management, crashing waves and, you know, making plays off of those waves. I think it's definitely more that than the champion he was put on. Like, again, I totally get the argument that, you know, Santorin could have, you know, learned from his mistakes in the first series and came back and implemented those mistakes in the finals. And that's totally fine. But at the, on, at the same time, you know, Team Liquid as a coaching staff is preparing Armeo for these situations. They have all the tape on Cloud9 from that previous series. And it just felt like that those changes weren't necessarily implemented because C9 kind of used a very similar strategy to what they did in the previous series, uh, diving on top lane waves, putting a lot of, you know, pressure topside. And yeah, Armeo, he, he tried his best in terms of like trying to help Alfari's lanes out in games one and three did kind of into the way. But ultimately, it just felt that like those that didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like those two ints, hey, like I don't I don't think of those two hey, plays as like JNT, they lost the series. Sorry to cut you off, but we, we do have to, to move along. Is there anything you want to say at the end? Any kind of shout outs? Uh, no, that's it. Well, I appreciate the call, and uh, and we'll catch you next time. All right, later. Have a good one. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we're going to take a quick break to talk about game feel. We're so 
I appreciate, by the way, shout out to my sponsors because we're slamming in all three of the, these, these ads towards the end because we had such a long end opening intro and we've had some long calls. But thank you to uh, Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. You can do exclamation mark Game Fuel in the chat uh, to get a link to go check out their product. And you can save uh, 5% by using the code Travis at checkout if you order through their website. By the way, while you're there, sign up for their rewards program, the Victory Pass, to make sure that you get rewards as you purchase uh, Game Fuel. Because I, I promise you, once you have the first one, you're going to be a repeat customer of them. Uh, and by the way, if you're outside of the shipping range, you can actually use uh, my Amazon link because there's a couple places in the U.S. that isn't delivered to. Uh, and that is also in the Twitch uh, link. If you look in the YouTube uh, description, though, you'll also find both uh, of those links if you're watching Levad, or maybe if you're listening to the, the podcast, you can go check that out as well on the YouTube channel. It's just a nice way to do that. And I really appreciate uh, Game Fuel for sponsoring the show so much. Uh, it's always fantastic to have their support. And we're working on doing some cool stuff with them soon. Uh, I, I can't talk about it now, but hopefully there's some additional programming that you'll be able to catch uh, every now and then on the, on, the, on the channel, on the stream. So thank you so much uh to game field for sponsoring this by the way i just want to say i was about to address it man i got you okay travis l9 that's me i'm telling him to cut these people off get out of here i already gave you my two cents we got 20 minutes left and three more callers to go i'm not gonna stay late so you know either either we take three calls the entire night or we move on that's that's the i'm putting travis up against the wall here don't don't take it out wow. on him me i'm saying get these people out of here there you go. That's the right switch, Sam. I, I would be happy to go L9 Mark Z. There you go. Uh, yeah, let's put it this way. Uh, it is in my financial interest, more so than Mark, uh, because I get paid... To keep shows going. To keep shows going, <laughs> whatever. So, so when you see me rushing something, and just know this from here on out, when I'm like, oh, God, we got to get going, it's, uh, it's because there's a message I'm receiving. Anyway, speaking of that, Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Yeah. Thank you to uh, John G365 for the 16 months. Uh, Barn for the four. Uh, Milk Snow Noodle. Uh, Bob69. D9 for gifting the, su the sub to Smokes. And Reno9K. Infi is here. Infi, you've been on the show before, right? No, no, but uh, I'm part of your book tab. Ah, that's right. Uh, that's right. I recognize some names sometimes, and then it's always from the book channel. Well, great to have you on. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. What do you want to talk about on the show? Okay. Uh, so my take, you guys kind of covered a little bit. So if you want to cut me off at any point, that's totally fine with me. Um, <laughs> my take, uh, if Mark tells me, I will. Okay. Uh, 09. Uh, no, so my take is basically uh, that league influencers are making LCS less enjoyable to watch. Uh, so yesterday, I had a ton of fun watching uh, league. I'm a Cloud9 fan, so that's probably a reason why. But before we even got to like game three, I was thinking like, man, this is a banger. Uh, Pentakill was amazing. I thought, I mean, yeah, the dash interaction kind of sucked, but I was enjoying it. I was enjoying seeing like the players walk to the stage, everything. And then I'm the type of person that sometimes likes to get validated by looking at co-streamers and be able to like see their reactions, especially like, for example, that Blabber played when he... Uh, went across the base and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, this worked. It was amazing. Cool. Uh, and so I watch these streamers and like some of them, it just feels like there's nothing you can do 
to like please them and we're in a like unique position as a sport where the faces of our sports are all interacted in social media and we can reach out to them and they can talk back like if you post about captain flowers he'll usually be like hey thanks for the post or whatever um and i think fans take that uh as a like as a weapon to weaponize their the, the opinions and as white knights and it hurts me as a casual fan because i feel like i then get gatekeeped uh into enjoying a game just because uh another ls fan wants to weaponize ls opinions of them being bad and uh now i can't enjoy it because ls uh, doesn't think it and the same thing uh, i'm sorry if i hurt your feelings here travis but i think the same thing can be said about some uh of your opinions uh where some of your fans and not you specifically but some of your fans take it like to the extreme where it's like hey Travis said this, so now LCS sucks. No matter what happens, LCS sucks because Travis just points out one little flaw. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's my take. I feel like in the long run, uh, you know, it's just going to hurt because people are just... I don't like seeing people just constantly shit talk of something. So yeah, that's my opinion. Sorry if I talk fast. Infi, I just want to say I'm really impressed. Um, I don't know if you were you were paid by Riot or you worked for them full time, but the fact that you infiltrated the book channel for so long to make it seem as though you were an organic <laughs> caller, and then stab me in the back uh, on this call, I think has been I'm, no, remarkable. I, I don't think it's your fault, but but it is me. your fault. But kind of. Okay. Uh, Emily so had her hand okay, up. Okay, I want to hear okay. Emily's. Let's. All right. Talk. Let's uh, separate. I, I don't even know. This is something I have so many opinions on. Um, Wait, I'm not allowed to defend myself? No. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, sir. Uh, no, actually, it's fine. Let's. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Emily, you go first. Okay, this is something I have so many opinions on because I am a fan of things. I'm a very huge fan of things. I am emotionally invested in a lot of things that I really wish I wasn't, like KT Rolster or the K-pop band Stray Kids. Um, and if there's any advice that I could give anyone, you started off this call, and I'm not targeting you because I do this myself too, but you said you went to CoStreams to have your opinion validated. Don't have that mindset. Like, if you're emotionally attached to something, I get it. It hurts to hear people criticize it. Um, but if there's one thing that I could just recommend uh, to you as a person that will help exponentially with your enjoyment it's to not do that like if you're enjoying something go for it like i enjoy the heck out of kt they're bad and i know they're bad um and and i make jokes about it you know and there's the whole like kt getting excited meme thing um and and then in terms of like fan bases again I have a lot of opinions on this that I'm not going to go into here because a lot of it comes from, uh, you know, like anime. Like I have had anime fans ruin my enjoyment of a series that I used to really like because they've been really obnoxious or or just like have a really big opinion that I disagree with completely. Um, and 
Yeah, if there's if there's any like uh, advice I could give someone, it, it's just like don't look for other people to validate your enjoyment of something. I know a ton of people go to to coast dreams or to anything to hear their own opinion heard back to them, and and it's like a a really good feeling, right? Like someone agrees with me, and I'm a, I'm smart for like thinking this. You don't have to be smart for thinking something. Like I'm not smart for loving KT. I just love KT. They're bad. It's fine. I deal with it. Uh, you know, I, I've watched them lose so many times. It's totally cool. Um, but then in terms of our, our like, co-streams ruining uh, because, because of the way that fan bases act, unfortunately, once someone has a, a fan base, that's going to be somewhat out of their control. So yeah. outside of, like, like if, if someone was, like, oh man, my fans all gang up on this person because they're like, that would be bad, right? Like then you call out the streamer for that. But like, you know, they're not in charge of what their fan bases do, unfortunately. And this is something yeah. that is not a league specific problem. I've seen it in anime. I've seen it in K-pop fandom. I've seen it in literally anything that someone is a fan of something. Traditional sports, people, I've seen people get into fights on the streets of Boston. Um, you know, it's not... Uh, this is not uh, I exclusive to League of Legends whatsoever. Yeah, I th I think the the oh sorry go Mark. Oh, I, w I was gonna like she actually uh, Emily hit everything that I was gonna say basically about don't look for external validation you know all this kind of stuff. I understand it can be hard as someone in a community to want to then go to the community and like be hype and and to get pushback and I understand that that is annoying. It's like I don't want to like say like hey don't feel that way because like it's very human thing to like like you're saying if you go externally go check someone's stream and you know you get a, a different you know thing then like that's a little on you for wanting that external validation if you're just in the reddit comments and you're just trying to like be like whoa what a game and someone's like what the fuck do you mean that wasn't a good game are you trolling you know like i understand that's not really you like you're just trying to participate in a community um yeah. but to emily's point it's not like people are telling their fans to do this like and there is some obligation on people to, um, you know, you can shepherd your fan base a little bit. Like there's there's a very big difference between people who, you know, stream with no chat filter and what goes on there and their kind of fan bases compared to what people do who try and, you know, moderate. Uh, you, you do cultivate different followings, but like that's really not on, like that level of, of what's happening is really not on, on the content creator. You can't stop someone for, from weaponizing your own opinions. I have really fucking strong opinions about movies and TV and anime, to Emily's point. I love arguing them. It, it's fun for me. But like, I, I also understand that like, I wouldn't want like, I'm not, I'm not trying to ruin your enjoyment. You know, I'm just saying what I enjoy. And, and so like, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to ever ruin anyone's enjoyment. And I think some people go, go too far about that. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like, I, you can't stop people from doing that. It's, it's not really not on them for for taking their own opinion and then, you know, throwing it at you when that like wasn't like the content creator went in there and said that to you. So I'm I'm not really blaming the content creator. So I'm not blaming Travis itself. I'm I'm kind of blaming. The... I mean, your I take was your take was influencers are ruining the LCS and yeah. it had a bunch of interaction. I wouldn't have pulled this by the way if there weren't some uh, like likes well, you, or no, no, you no, can whatever. you can say that somebody has a negative impact on Exactly. Like, like so you could say uh, for instance that the co-streaming was a mistake, right? Because you could say like, oh, now it's opened up all these people to having these massive audiences where like they spread a lot of like 
negative feelings about the teams. Like that is a stance you could take without saying, without blaming the co-streamer for doing the thing that makes sense to them. So like, yeah. I'm in a weird situation of defending the caller's point, even though it's I mean, no, no, I, I yeah, because I think the, the problem yeah. itself is that some people aren't like some of these. They might be aware, but they just want the views. But they don't realize that a lot of these people, because you can interact so easily with an influencer in this sport compared to like NFL or NBA, uh, that they want a white knight for these people. And like, because they're like, hey, Travis, notice me. I'm bashing on the LCS, you know, or hey, LS, look, I think an A sucks too, you know. And hopefully LS can read my Reddit thread and comment and, and, and agree with, like, that's how it feels like to me. And I might be totally wrong. And regardless about the validation, you're completely right. I shouldn't. But, you know, that's like the reason I watched the dive, you know, because I want yeah. to see, like, why people liked, like, hey, you know, or this show, because I want to see, like, hey, this person thought this game was good as well, you know? Like, I think that's, like you said, it's, it's normal human and, nature. And, and to that point, like, I think that's why people develop fan bases and people have different personalities, because there's people who like hearing someone be critical. They want to hear the breakdown of these things that, that is not going well, and they don't want them to pull any punches in any situation. And like, like I watched this one video game uh, an analyst, and and he is I, I think like just genius, but I don't think his his content's for everyone. Uh, and so like I understand that like I don't go look at some Travis likes some meme ass video game reviewer. I like this fucking dry guy who's just giving me like a uh, point after point that makes me feel so smart because I'm just like yes, you're so right, dude. To that point about just being this like tell me my own opinion back. Yeah, Mark's me reviewer is pretty it feels good, right? Mine is quirky. Uh... Yeah. One one thing I do want to bring up that's kind of tangentially related. If we have time, do we have time? Because well, I would. I I think we're low on time, but also at some point in time, I would like to be able to defend the accusations that have been made against me. <laughs> all, all I'll say is uh, one thing that is LCS specific that I've noticed, and Mark knows this rant is coming, so I'll try to make it super short. As a rookie broadcaster and as someone who is really analytically minded and who sees a lot of the mistakes, this actually ties into the first caller that we had, right? About comparing LPL to LEC to LCK, um, and then you know putting LCS in the context of that. Where does it fit based on international results? Where does it fit based on like the eye test? Why are we comparing, et cetera, et cetera? It is really difficult, I've noticed, on the LCS broadcast, at least for me. Like, sometimes I just really want to hype up players, right? Like, if Fake God is playing, like, super well, if Fudge is playing, like, super well, I just want to go in and be like, hey, guys, like, look, did you see that shit? Like, Fudge is, like, popping off. Like, I want to be really happy about it. But at the same time, one thing I do always uh, have in my mind that I need to work on as a broadcaster, but also kind of puts us as a broadcast in a really... Uh, difficult situation in my opinion is that you do always have to have that like but there are co-streams going to be pointing out like every single mistake so because it's na because people think it already sucks i have to be like well he's playing well like but for na and it's like no i don't want to have to do that i just want to hype up fudge um so that is something that like i've felt uh pressure on i guess as like a rookie broadcaster and trying to find my place and how i'm talking about players and also just as someone who tends to be more critical than they are positive um so i want to throw that out there because i think it kind of relates to uh the role of co-streamers in the entire like league ecosystem okay uh go defend go. yourself travis you've so got it I was surprised because Infi called, like, we have talked a lot about the co-streaming meta 
that has been very prominent this year of like for a long time if you wanted to go watch a co-stream what you would be watching is just being told every mistake that happens and why these teams are not good um and i i i've expressed concerns previously on this show about like hey as more and more of the viewership leaves the main broadcast and goes to places where the only thing you can hear about is how much the league sucks and the team sucks like what kind of impact does that have on the long-term health of the viewership of the league um i as i said earlier on co-stream stuff i think we are we are moving to a place where hopefully like there is more variety where the people who want to, don't want to watch the broadcast can go watch something that's like quirky and fun like the g4 tv uh, broadcast or i think like the the double lift stream has become better as medios and sneaky have discussions with him about stuff and like the three of them like might disagree or agree or make a joke or like like it's it is more palatable for me to watch and i i mean, I mean i'm a huge friend and fan of peter pang but like the early ones were, were tough for me um and so i do think it's i i agree i think i have more of an issue with the co-stream stuff and influencer stuff in a world where like the only voices you are ever able to get are the ones that are more focused on the criticism than on the promoting uh as for myself, I was surprised that you included me in there because most people have said I am a shill and uh, yeah. that I I am like the, the criticism that people usually love against me is that I don't criticize enough or that I am like, you know, too soft or don't have strong enough opinions or whatever. Um, I hope that the people that watch my stuff uh, take away when I levy criticisms against the, the broadcast like I did today where I was like, this was not as good as it could be that people understand that like I say this stuff because I know it can be better right like I I remember the the beautiful years of league from like 2013 to I don't know 2016 2017 where like god they just did so much great stuff and told such great stories and built these personalities and and I think had, you know, there's been times where and I have two members of the analyst desk right now on the show. And I will say that I do not think this analyst desk is as good as it used to be. Um, and that's not because of these two, but it's because I think of other decisions that are being made for the broadcast. Uh, but that does not mean that like, like I want this shit to be so good. And, uh, and that's where that stuff comes from, you know? And I, I fight against things like the, the import rule, getting lifted because I want to make sure that the product is good. So hopefully people that watch my stuff and hear me criticize these things understand that like, I'm not here to shit on the LCS and just talk about how bad it is. I'm like, please don't Jack freak into the matrix whenever you're going to put them on the broadcast in the studio for the first time, you know, like, I don't know. So I, uh... I, I hope I'm not part of that. Um, what I'll say that's funny about that is that's what everyone says. <laughs> all the all the people who are really critical of NA in, in their gameplay is like, well, I just really care about NA as a region. I want. Do you them think to it's do true, better. Mark? Alice says that. I'm just saying it's a funny reason. Like I know it's, just it's like, but I I 
like I think Travis, I is, know your heart's in the right. And, place. and I'm not just talking about, and I'm not just talking about co-streams, right? Like there are other people who who personalities or or even just like random Reddit commenters, where it's not fucking Kelby is like this. I love him; he's my best friend. But Kelby enjoys shitting on LCS. Like he's not there to like uh talk you know he wants to fix lcs he thinks it's fun to see where it is well, now to be fair to he loves be. shitting on on lec before it was lec yeah, it's it was true EU it's LCS. True. he just he loves shitting, just shitting on, on things in general he's he's that yeah. type of person but like i do not and whenever i criticize teams hopefully they know that i'm not shitting on them i actually do want uh any any region to be good like i don't like when I don't know. Like, whenever you're criticizing something, in my opinion, or whenever I criticize something, it's because I always want it to be better. You can do this with LPL teams all the time. And by the way, I'm not meaning to, like, call out other personalities or whatever, right? I, I, I worry sometimes that, like, no, these conversations occur and then, like, they get linked and then people subtweet me and all the shit. Like, I just, like, I... I don't know. I think it, it, there's a... I, to sum it all up, I will say that I consider myself an advocate for the viewers and somebody who's incredibly passionate about the LCS and wants to be somewhat of a custodian of this product at times where I worry some people are phoning it in. And, uh, and that's when I try to react on behalf of, of the viewers um, and behalf of the audience as a, as a fan of the LCS itself. And, uh, and it, it is, but it is a challenge sometimes and finding that line between like, well, sometimes I do like making a joke about like, haha, you know, that this is a haha, you know, LCS broadcast or haha, I can help them do this or whatever. It's just, it's, you got to find that line. Enfy, thanks so you much for the call. I'm phoning it in. Call me uh, the F out. Can I, uh, okay. I just want to shout out one thing before sure. I leave, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Licorice, Mark and Travis. Uh, that video, the first video you did, is what got me into reading. Uh, I read Sanderson, read the hey. entire Cosmere, fucking loved it, amazing. Uh, I think you should create a Hotline League type of show where you tell your viewers to read a book for, for a month, and then at the end of the month, they call in and discuss their favorite things. Uh, you need to get that book channel going, man. I know, no I, know, book, I, know. I haven't seen any videos in there. Reddit, Reddit book club thing. Yeah, thank you guys. Anyway, catch you later. Thanks. Like, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark is off to grab our next caller. We are we are going over time. I'm sorry. No, this it's is, okay. I feel like this is all me. I talk it's, too much. I mean, we talk. We the normally we start 20 to 30 minutes into the show. We started 40 minutes into the show, and uh, and we have had some great calls. I mean, it's there's a lot to talk about. So I, I, I don't I don't blame you. Uh, Blue Jay is here. The second half of the ah. uh, the dynamic duo of. I don't, what do you call, what do you, do you guys have like a name for your thing? Not your show. For, what do you mean for, for our your thing? duo? I don't know. For your oh, existence. Oh. Like a lot of people call us Markvis. <laughs> uh, Markvis is the dynamic duo of Mark and Travis. No, so we're commonly known for that. So I don't know if you guys had something. Blue, I mean, Twitch chat, they're all going to talk about Markvis right now. They all, it's like a, a thing. Blue Jay, what do you want to talk about on the sh or Remind everyone where you're calling from. Calling from Ontario, Canada. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is that TSM was the most disappointing team that we saw in the midseason showdown, and they are on pace to have another embarrassing performance at Worlds if they make it there. And it's very rare that they play, that they are the ones to start a fight or a play. 
and they give up dragon priority way too much. Tell me how you really feel. Uh, Let's I, shit I, on NA. Well, to be clear, it's just shitting on TSM specifically. Honestly, so it, it sounds like, a, or, or I don't know, maybe it sounds like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm surprised. I'll say that. Like, I thought TSM was getting better as the split went on, and I think the split ended, and they looked pretty good. And then, even in the first TL series, I thought they looked okay. Uh, actually, I thought they looked good, even in their loss. And then, the next three series, they looked like dog shit, man. I, I cannot believe how bad they look. I'm really, really surprised. Um... Yeah, I I don't know if I call them dog shit straight up, but <laughs> it, it's hard not to feel disappointed losing to a, a sub roster. And I think we saw how well TL played C9. I actually think that can soften the blow a little bit for uh, TSM fans um, mm -hmm. to then look and be like, well, C9 struggled and almost lost. And, you know, we didn't think we were going to beat TL with Santorin in. Um, and so, like, yeah, it still doesn't feel good to lose to a sub team, but it, at least TL showed that they're no joke. And I, I still think... TSM can be disappointed given the amount of money that's spent on this roster and the expectations, but um, you know, I, I don't. I think I felt worse Saturday than I did Sunday about TSM. Hmm. Interesting. The the because I know we need to make this quick, so I'm just I'm going to talk on the one point, which was game two, which was the disaster throw. Uh, I don't know how you can wait till 14 minutes to take the first dragon when your bot lane is 2-0 and you're just winning everywhere. You have a Lucian mid. Like, those are kind of things that, like, this is not new to the LCS. These are things that you should know. You should be able to contest Dragon. I think that if you're Team Liquid and you see Team TSM go towards Drag, you're like, I we can't even contest, and TSM just gets Drag. Or if they do contest, great. We get an opportunity to fight when we're ahead. That that kind of stuff is, like, really uh, just shocking. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I... Oh, go ahead, Ellen. Oh, no, go. Go, because I've been talking a lot. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I talked a lot. You're the guest. You're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I I just will say, like, I, I'm i kind of surprised that people are surprised that we have this caller. They think it's kind of a cold take. I mean, God, I felt like the the TSM series was really surprising. Like, I mean, I, so I was, wa <laughs> I was watching Peter's co-stream, and he said on that, uh, you know, like, oh, man, if, if they throw, it would be, or if they they lose this, it'll be the craziest, you know, situation ever. Like, it, I don't know. It just it felt like TSM really underperformed uh, that day, and I, I don't know what happened. And I, I don't know. Emily, you, you, I know, have much better analysis, but I, I just want to express my own skepticism or surprise. I mean, I think, so, in terms of, like, TSM improving throughout the split, I would agree with that, but I also think they had some epic throws even like mid to late split like the dignitas one where they basically lost effectively in a late game team fight and dig ended up winning with a goal deficit again um that's one that stands out to me the things about this team that are concerning to me that i think they need to improve on are what they do early game and that doesn't even necessarily mean they need to be like stacking drakes uh you don't have to prioritize early drakes but what you do have to prioritize is something so like if you're not like like uh if you're not going to be fighting over dragon like what are you taking on the rest of the map like what kind of advantages are you getting elsewhere and tsm is remarkably passive in that regard so i don't see them 
going for other uh, either other neutral objectives or just like straight up lane dominance um, or more forward jungle control. Um, all things that they could easily get and then come to like a second or third Drake fight with the advantage and then and then win out, right? Because then they start stacking Drakes and they stop the opponent while also having the map advantage. Um, this is something I think LPL teams did really well last year, by the way, for, uh, on the most part. Um, the thing that confuses me the most about TSM, honestly, and, and this has to be just so like what each player, how they want to play the game, and I'm not in TSM, so... I'm just making a lot of assumptions based on having seen these players on on other teams. Is that like Huni is the type of player who I think people say is like either really, really good or really, really bad, but he's been the same player all along and he's always gonna look better on a team with better communication because he likes to uh, push up really forward in lane. And he also is really typically trigger happy with teleport. So he likes to affect other lanes. Um, similarly, the thing that's most confusing with Sword Art on this team to me is that a lot of his previous teams, it's been the early game that's like super aggressive and really good, and then the mid and late game that sucks. Um, especially if you look at like old Flash Wolves teams. Um, so where he fits in on this team and like how much of a voice he has is something that I'm a bit confused about just watching how the team plays because they don't uh, they don't always play like a sword art team. It's like a weird amalgamation of like old TSM and kind of a sword art team that then ended up being more old TSM than anything else uh, when playoffs came around. So I don't know if they're defaulting to that passive style because there's more stuff on the line or, or what, um, but it does stick out to me. Uh, in terms of them being disappointment, I feel like it. people are saying that probably in comparison to the names on paper and how much... TSM paid for them. Um, yeah, that that that's, I guess, my take. It's pretty all over the place, but yeah. Mark, uh, I don't know if you have any, any follow-ups or I know you kind of said your piece in the beginning, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think everyone is going to be a little disappointed in TSM, including the TSM members, I don't think, mm -hmm. you know. Blue Jay seems to world... not have much faith in them going forward. Do you guys have more faith in them? Um, yeah, I have a little bit more faith. Um, I mean, I think that they, well, I guess maybe not. Like, depends what you mean by that. Cause well, okay, here, let me provide context. I, I think last week we talked about 100 Thieves. I'm really worried for 100 Thieves because I don't know where you go from mm -hmm. here. I don't think that, like, yeah. some so, more yeah. time will help them get better. I am, I don't feel that way for TSM. I'm confident that, like, this team can look a lot better going well, forward. So, to Fudge's point, it's like, Everyone said they were going to be a third place team. I think even if they improve, they're probably still a third place team in yeah. NA. I think I think TL and C9's rosters are just constructed better, and so on that point, no, they they might not get better. They they might just be our third place team in Worlds if you're looking purely from a standpoint of of placement. But I think from a gameplay perspective, yeah, well, they, they look better than they did Saturday. <laughs> yeah, they can look a lot fucking yeah. better than they did, and yeah. and I think there's a number of improvements that you heard Emily talking about and Dom and his videos about fixing NA and the, all those. There's like a ton of content around TSM that you can see that there's no reason this team can't fix those things. It's not like TL TSM really got worse over the course of the season, like you saw with with Hundred Thieves, which is I think is why you feel like it's more of a critical failure on on Hundred Thieves than say uh, TSM. So um, I feel like you know you can say all the external reasons that third place is bad for this team, given the money and all that stuff. And it'd all still be true. And that they probably aren't going to break into the next tier, but I think that they can still go 
to Worlds as a third place team with this roster, make improvements, and hopefully look okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. are you happy with that? Well, that's now a more debatable thing than can they improve. Blue Jay? Yeah, I think it's it's okay. not can they improve. Uh, like, I, I just want to say I agree with that. It's not, like, can they improve because they obviously can. It's whether you think they can improve enough to beat TL and C9 where these teams are both starting. And I think both TL and C9, neither of those teams have actually hit their ceiling and they've been definitively the two best teams in NA. So um, that that's where the sticking point is for me. I guess I would say... The TSM I saw yesterday, I, or Saturday, I would be worried about sending them into play-ins at Worlds. <laughs> yes, I, I am, I am yes, hopeful that we get we get to a point where that that is not a concern. Um, <laughs> so, where where I think they could beat the fourth uh, seed European team very handedly as their their predecessor did last year. Uh, all right, Blue Jay, thanks so much. Sorry, we I know you usually like. No, it's all good. We got we got to go. It's all good. Uh, I'll. Just say, I just want to shout out uh, the guy that's in the waiting room because uh, he let me go ahead of him because I got to get going. So a huge shout out to that guy. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yep. Have a good one. Goodbye. Uh, by the way, Dom showed up in the chat as we were talking about co-streams and said, uh, oh, wait, I need Mark to come back. Mark. What? We, we got to do a break really quick. Um, what? Really? Yes. Uh, we have a third sponsor called Grubhub uh, tonight. A call for uh, I just want to shout out really quickly before we get to that, um, that Dom showed up in the chat, uh, after we were talking about the co-stream stuff, uh, and he, he put the, the meme in about like, oh, I thought LCS wasn't that bad, the split, but they just need to work on this and this and this and this, and the Twitch chat copy pasta. So shout out to Dom. I appreciate him dropping by and, uh, ho- hopefully he doesn't feel as though we were calling him out or anything. That is not my, my attempt or my desire. Uh, do you really want to also give a shout out to Gr- uh, Grubhub for sponsoring the show tonight? They sponsored our finals coverage. Uh, so one one last big shout out to them uh, this evening. I really appreciate them coming in uh, to to sponsor us. We're still doing the giveaway. There's still time to enter it. You can do exclamation mark giveaway in the chat if you'd like to get a link to it. There's also a link in the YouTube description of this if you're watching the YouTube description. Um, and I want to let and we're giving away the uh, uh, Hextech chest uh that is filled with some cool stuff including um some grubhub cash and some uh riot swag or lcs swag league swag um and you can go go check out that giveaway to see what's in it uh they also by the way this past friday maybe you missed it they did the uh, they presented with buffalo wild wings uh the feeding frenzy uh which took place again last friday where they had uh <laughs> dylan francis and Porter Robinson and Yasuo and Dyrus, names that you constantly hear together uh, side by side, um, and and some other uh, league influencers uh, compete in an event cast by Captain Flowers and Ovali. Um, so there's actually it's over on the Grubhub YouTube channel. You can go check it out. Even if you don't watch the full thing, um, you know maybe just go check it out. That would be helpful to me, and I'm sure Ovali and Captain Flowers would love to have you guys see it. But I think it's it's pretty fun what they were able to put together. It's not every day that you see. Dyrus and Yasuo playing with DJs being cast by Cap- <laughs> Captain Flyers and Ovali. Very unique event. Uh, so go check that out. It's really cool that they um, they were able to make that happen. Uh, and while you're doing that, also check the link in the description of this to uh, order Grubhub uh, delivery for yourself. 
and you can use uh, Grubhub Perks to save some money on that. And shout out to them for uh, feeding Mark and I tonight before the start of the show. If you want to go back, you can watch that on the Twitch VOD. We were hanging out and chatting with folks while eating our Grubhub. So anyway, thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring the show, and uh, Mark is off to grab our last caller. Uh, thank you to Sheldeezy, by the way, for gifting a sub to Dom. Hashtag so blessed. Thank you for the sub. Uh, Mr. Alpha Caesar for the sub or for the bits. And we've got our next caller here. Uh, Jit, is that how you say your name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Daytona Beach, Florida. Florida. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show as our, our last caller? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say this just to be transparent i stole my take from summoning insight so shout out to thorin and monte cristo uh at least you say it i think we get a lot of callers who steal their takes from other shows but go ahead yeah no i'm not too smart to think of this myself so anyways um i want i he pointed at thorin pointed out this crazy fact about perks that i didn't even know and i couldn't honestly believe it until i looked it up myself but perks has been playing for six and a half years he's won msi once he, he's made world semifinals twice he's made world's finals once he's won uh, lec eight times and he's won the lcs once and he's never won an mvp well if he gets good you know yeah. maybe that would work out for him you got to be good in order to get mvp i think no yeah that's that that's true. Uh, so so okay. So that is a crazy stat. I don't know. Do you have a take on it, Jit? I assume you're suggesting that he's he it's been he's been robbed, or I don't know if you have a reason for why you think that. Uh, I mean, there's something to point out that um his junglers Jankos and Blabber, Jankos he won uh two MVPs in the LEC and Blabber as well in the LCS. But to be fair, Blabber did win his MVP award before Perks joined C9. But, I mean, I think there's something to be said about the, um, like, the effects and, like, what he brings to the 2v2 compared to other teams. I mean, because, like, you look at every jungler he's played with, like, like even Trick, like... When, I was about to say, didn't Trick win yeah, an MVP too? Yeah, like, I mean... Uh, maybe I'm not sure, but I, I, my point is with Trick. Like Trick looked insane with perks, uh, but and I'm not saying that Trick felt. I'm not saying that Trick is, got bad or anything, but I'm saying he never hit the same highs as when he was playing with perks. And Yankos never won an MVP award before playing with perks. He never even won before playing with perks. So I mean, there's I I think like it's topic about the his intangibles what he brings i mean like he has to bring something to the team Isn't, that, I mean, that, just, that just clicks with his junglers this, this there's a, a much much smaller scale version of this conversation i feel like previously around niski right because didn't uh sven and oh no no niski he's uh, but, no i know it's a much smaller the point was that niski was able to get both of his junglers i think back to back MVP awards, right? Yeah, but how many how many times? Yeah, yeah I, I'm just saying purpose? that it's a trend. Okay, fine. We'll stop talking about Niski. My God, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. So, okay, yes. So, I don't know. Uh, Mark, Emily, 
why is it that this poor man who's done so much cannot get recognized as a valuable player? I mean, it's probably just not valuable enough if I had, I mean. <laughs> I oh, made that and, joke and already. Someone in, sorry, sorry. Someone in chat just pointed out, and he did all this while swapping to ADC and being considered at one point the best at his role. I mean, look, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not going to find, it's not like any, any of the three of us have not recognized. No, 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 I know. I, I just want, I just, I, I just think it was your question. Out. Like, why is he not won an MVP? Because that's something I've wondered for years, but also, um, in terms of like, uh, if you're, if your question is no. asking, why do we not consider intangibles for MVP? That's a whole other can of worms because no. I am someone who as a journalist, was ripped apart by the community several times for not considering just the best person with the best statistics as the most valuable player. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I said in the beginning of my call that I didn't really have anything beyond that take. I, so you just want to point so, out? Yeah, I okay. just, wa I just okay. wanted to point out. I will out. take your, stat, your, your thing then and I will turn it into a quick discussion for us. I'll tell is, you why. Yeah, you could turn it into a Reddit. Why, why, why has... Uh, it it not been the case that Perks has gotten MVP I'll, despite all these accomplishments, Mark. I'll tell you why. Because uh, jungler is the position that is most affected, probably I would say, um, for having three winning lanes. Um, mm -hmm. You will look so much fucking better playing with just auto winning lanes. You don't need to cover for them in bad situations. You don't need to go. Uh, you know, augment your pathing or anything. You're, you're free to do whatever you want. You get to go for invades. You get to go for dives. You get to go make plays all early game because your lanes are winning on their own. Um, and this is not to shit on Trick or Blabber or Yankos or anyone. But, yeah. like, Yankos went from someone who people respected and thought was really, really good. Like, may maybe best jungler in EU. He joined G2. They went incredible, right? They, yeah. they became incredible. They. This is also when they acquired Caps. Uh, he he was in he was in G two before Caps got yeah, there, but it was the Caps year when G two really took off. And people were like, Yankos is a top five player in the world and the best jungler in the world. Um, and again, like, well, did Yankos really just become that much insanely better, or is it partially how junglers look when they're able to hard pub stomp their own region? And I, I think it, it's a little bit more the latter. And that's again not shade at Yankos or anything, but I think when when you're on the best team jungle will have the most kind of multiplicative effect um, because they're they have the most agency in the game in a lot of ways and now you're suddenly unleashed to just run over the game um so you know yeah <laughs> as far as just saying jungle diff is lane diff and lane diff is jungle diff like it's, it's obviously all tied together but i think i i've seen it enough times now where like junglers just look totally different once they're like it's, it also happens when team people leave teams like to your point about trick or you know whoever else who has left the dominant team to go join another one i don't think that those players suddenly fall off the fucking cliff as junglers either i think yeah. that they, they they have to suddenly babysit people and do all this other shit that they you know like you have to take on as a jungler because it's such a team-centric role um and so like do i think yankos became worse this year because g2 was struggling more or whatever like no i don't think so um uh, so yeah, that, that's all I'm saying is that I, I think a lot of the times junglers end up being some of the biggest beneficiaries on super teams, and uh, that's probably why they pick up a lot of MVPs. There Fair you go. Point. 
That's why that's why it is the case. Do Emily, you said you've wondered this for a long time. You think perks should have gotten I mean, MVP in any of these well, previous Well, it's because splits? whenever people were having that like best in the West conversation, I always sided with having perks over caps. When like when people were discussing like who's the best player in the West, I always said it was perks. Um but no, I I do want to touch on the the intangibles part in terms of MVP because it's something that's really difficult to consider if you're not on the team. Um, I honestly don't think I would know how valuable perks is to a team, um, uh, or I don't think I did know, sorry. I did not know how valuable perks was to his team, uh, even with the role swap and, and being the best in his position after that role swap. Until I talked to uh, Grabs and Duffman at 2019 uh, World Championship, and I had an interview with them that was for an article I was writing. Um, but then we just sat down and we were just like shooting the shit afterwards. And the way that they talked about Perks and how much he does for the team and how much he did for that G2 team internally in terms of, um, I don't want to say it was like a player coach, but just like all the intangibles you mentioned, right? Like what he does um, like for his teammates uh, mentally, um, his whole attitude towards the game, the way he sees the game, the way he sees like cross map trading, the way he sees um, jungle to lane communication. I don't think it's a coincidence that one of the things that Blabber has improved on significantly this year is being able to communicate with his lanes a lot better um, and being able to have them set up waves a lot better. I'm not attributing that to Perks, but I think Perks' influence is can probably be uh, seen in, in that regard. Um, so I, I wanted to point that out because I think it's always really difficult to talk about intangibles if you don't actually talk to someone on the team or if the team themselves aren't saying something about it. Uh, hey. one, oh. one more comment because I see some people on Twitch that are talking about this. Just uh, like... This is also true for other players. So just because I, I highlighted jungle as like this kind of multiplicative effect doesn't mean that it doesn't help happen elsewhere. I just think it happens a little bit more for junglers. But there's plenty of people who join a top team and suddenly they went from someone that is respected to believed to be the best. Or uh, sometimes not even respected. Like people think Fudge is really good now. And that's yeah. probably only because perks. <laughs> wow. You know? you know what's funny is I was going to reference the guy he replaced in Licorice where like you know, he went from unanimous NA best best mid uh, top laner in a lot of ways, at least not import top laner, uh, playing with C9 and subbing into a team that was playing really, really well when they, you know, initially removed impact and put Licorice in. And then he's on FlyQuest and it's a lot different of a situation. You know, there's a lot of different things going on with that team. And while I don't think Licorice played individually as well this year either, I, I don't think he fell off the face of the fucking earth and is suddenly, you know, the, horrible or anything uh, i think this happens with every role and every player my only point was i think junglers get a little bit more benefit um, because they have to interact with every single lane and so when all three lanes can take care of themselves it gives them the most freedom um, mm -hmm. but it, i definitely don't want to paint it in a way that makes it seem like this doesn't happen for any player who's going to join a top team will suddenly like look better because they're just playing with people who are better around them um, uh, yeah proms cute comes to mind Jit, thank you so much for the call. I uh, really do appreciate it. Is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, say goodbye for the night? Uh, no. Nah. Uh, shout out to you guys for taking me. I, I didn't really have a take on I stole this. So 
I mean, it sparked, yeah, it sparked a good conversation. Yeah. And I, I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good conversation. And by the way, thanks for letting Blue Jay go first because it sounds like he was trying to figure yeah. it out. So that was very nice of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No problem. He's thanks a so much. Hotline thanks. League royalty, so. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, thanks, Jit, for the call. Really great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. By the way, before I made that, that jab at Fudge, I asked him, because he's been in the chat all night, if he wanted to come on Hotline League ever. And he said, perhaps. And if he'd said yes, you know, I would not have made that joke. But, uh, you know, perhaps, well, perhaps I'm going to. Yeah, scratch Travis. Throw you under the bus. Okay. Or the under a Honda. I guess they're sponsored by BMW. Under a BMW. Whatever. Anyway. um, I don't think BMW wants you to throw their players under them. Yeah. That's not good. uh, Do you think they would rather me throw them under a competing product? Product, this though? is a great question. You should ask them. Like, would, would a brand rather you commit homicides with their car or with their competitor's without, car? Yeah, with their competitor's car. Yeah. Well, especially for like a sponsored person, right? Like, it's not great. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> clearly this show has jumped the shark. Mark, what do you what do you want to shout out? Anything? Nothing. It's all over. I'm done. You have with nothing the to do now, right? Like, I got, gonna be... I'm going to go get the the J and J shot this week. I'm gonna get vaccinated. Did you get scheduled go. yet? Yeah, I did. Nice. Thank you for okay. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I got I got J and J as well, and so soon Mark and I will be able to hang out. Emily, I hope you're uh, on your route your way to, to yeah. getting a vaccine soon too. I have my appointment on Thursday. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Well, the only nice. reason I didn't get it done before finals is because I was afraid I would have side effects and I didn't Mark use Mark too, yeah. finals. All right. Well, uh, thank you to both of you. Emily, what about you? Do you got any shout-outs? Um, I hopefully uh, will be doing some content around MSI. Uh, Shout-out to Kelsey, who pretty much lets me on her stream to talk about LPL teams whenever. Um, watch the LPL playoffs. Uh, the finals, I think, are going to be a banger. Um and the entire bracket has just been really fun. Also, EDG RNG tonight in four and a half hours. Listen, so. Emily's going to tell all you guys to watch LPL. But what you really need to watch is Proving Grounds. All right? Care about Amateur and Academy. Please watch you it. You should also watch Proving Grounds. All right? Proving it's Grounds very awesome. important for the future of the region that you guys all watch Proving Grounds. Uh Thank you, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the show. As always, it's great. Yeah, it was I know fun. It's kind of last minute, and I know you're probably tired after yesterday. So glad you were. You you said you were trying to chill this week and like relax, and then of course you did this anyway. So I appreciate it. Yeah, this uh, is fun. For we me, had really good calls tonight. Yeah, I thought we we had some good ones. Mark Mark did a good job pulling them, and we all know that the quality of the callers is directly linked to how Mark is doing and pulling them. Um, by the <laughs> by the way, this week's run it. I, I'm not just saying this because he's in the chat. It's all about fudge. So if you guys want to uh, to stay tuned for that, it'll probably be That'll out be Wednesday. Uh, it's almost always out on Wednesday. So you can uh, save. If you got a sweet tooth and you want some fudge, wait around until Wednesday. Uh, anyway, this has been Hotline League episode 168. He said with confidence. I don't think people mind too much when you're wrong. <laughs>